On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Alive. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken LaVica Alive on ESPN 1063. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to all out there. It is a Monday, November 14th here on Ken Levicka Live. It's Theo Dorsey. Most importantly, it's a big Teddy takeover on Ken Levicka Live as Ken is out on his way to Gainesville to call an FAU basketball game against those Gators. So you got me. You're stuck with me, Theo Dorsey from WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. And I couldn't do it any of this without my guy Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, who is on the ones and twos, and he's also maybe on an all-time high because of what he saw from his guy, his his muse, his his idol of all things quarterbacking, and that's number 12 out of Green Bay. Stone, are you just are you just oozing with enthusiasm this, this afternoon? Yeah, it's been a great day, most importantly, and we're <laughs> just kind of getting this thing started, right? It's 12-01, but think about Ken Levick alive and how we're thriving, right? You yes. had Jeanette Javier's Buccaneers. We saw what they did in Munich. Yes. Your Kansas City Chiefs. Patty Mahomes, the MVP favorite, taking care of the Jaguars. Ken Levick and I are Miami Dolphins. Mm, Tua. I mean, we'll get to that. We'll get to Capital the seven T and three. Tua. Number one in the AFC is number one all together. Love what the Miami Dolphins are doing. And then, of course, the like, love of your life. Like you teased, right? Yeah. My man crush. Yeah. The guy, when he wins that, he just makes my week. And that's Aaron Rodgers. And to get that dub against Mike McCarthy in Lambeau, against Cow- a really good Cowboys team, yeah. I'm flying high. I'm glad you had your third good week of the year. It's been a long 2022 <laughs> four. for Stone LeBanowitz. Four. Oh, four. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. The yeah. four and six. <laughs> wow. So today is, and again, we, we, we take so much time out of our days, especially as sports broadcasters, but really as just sports fans ridiculing, accusing, making these rash statements about not just teams, but players and coaches on a day-to-day basis. That's pretty much our job here is to take the context of what happens over a sports weekend, break it down, disseminate that information, and really kind of have some takes. Sometimes we have good takes. Sometimes those takes are bad. Sometimes they're just incomplete. And what I want to do today is give everyone an opportunity to just take some of those takes back. And today's going to be a day of remorse on Ken Levick Alive. It'll be a day of um, shouting out our apologies from the tops of the mountains as some of people over this weekend, it was almost a weekend in sports of people proving us wrong, more so proving themselves right, riding high on confidence, and also, again, just disseminating every single take that we had here. And we got to start off with the man, the myth, the legend, the interim head coach <laughs> of the Indianapolis Colts, um, who just a couple weeks ago, really uh, about a week ago, actually, to date, was just a ESPN analyst, um, Jeff Saturday, who got his first head coaching win in the NFL after we all crushed Jim Ursay and the Indianapolis Colts over the decision. After we all teased Jeff Saturday, I personally, you know, it was I, I never thought, okay, this is a bad hire because honestly, I thought what the Colts were trying to do was lose football games. So I, I laughed at it, but I said, hey. 
Great move by Jim Irsay. You've been trying these veteran quarterbacks. You went Carson Wentz. You went Phillip Rivers. Now you're on Matt Ryan. You finally have given up on that. You're going to punt on the season. You're going to hire a guy in Jeff Saturday who was just up on the booth talking with, with Dan Orlowski, and you're going to let this Colts team sink to the top or sink to the bottom of the standings, yeah. the top of the NFL draft, and you'll get yourself a C.J. Stroud. You'll get yourself a, a Bryce Young, a guy that can come in there and be the quarterback of the future not just some kind of stopgap guy that you've tried time after time. And then Jeff Saturday comes riding in on his white horse as literally just this big ball of energy, everything that everybody told us he would be. Because you you talk about, you hear from his colleagues, you hear from people that played with him, and then, you know, we'll get to this soon, but you hear from the players in his locker room. Everybody who gets within a, a light pole of this guy just absolutely loves him, absolutely drawn to him. And it showed on Sunday the Raiders uh, falling to the Colts 25-20 to in Las Vegas. And Stone, before I pin my apology to Jeff Saturday, because, again, that's what today's all about. We're writing our sports apologies out to people who, you know, prove that maybe we just don't have it all the way when it comes to giving these takes. I want to hear from Jeff Saturday um, right after this 25-20 win in his locker room with his guys who – as you can tell, and when you listen to this, just listen to the reaction. Listen to how silent it is when Jeff Saturday is talking and how revved up these guys get after every single word. Jeff Saturday here after a big-time Colts win, 1-0 and in the NFL. Been a hell of a week, man. Been a, been a tough one on all of you. Can't tell you how proud I am of each and every one of you. Coaches, players, staff, everybody stepped up. All three phases, man. Things we talked about. Offense, ran it for over 200. Threw it for over 200. Defense, shut 28 down, 77 yards rushing. Had to make a play on 17 at the end. What we do? Make a play at the end. Make a play at the end. Hey, make a play at the end, man. Who goes hardest the longest, man? That's how this game is assigned. The most physical football team won today. Can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Hey, Parks. Congrats, man. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. And Parks is – and it, this is what I wanted to get to because what Jeff Saturday showed us and what Jeff Saturday did was kind of – look, head coaching in the NFL, it ain't rocket science, right? Like, <laughs> you can make it happen, especially if you have a good staff, especially if you have a locker room full of guys who are willing to go out there and go to war for you. Uh, Jeff Saturday also is – let's not act like the guy hadn't played the game. Let's not act like the guy wasn't a guy who played with one of the greatest of all time in Peyton Manning. Like He knows the game. He obviously was well enough to beat those Raiders. And, and above all, I, I point to two things that Jeff Saturday did here, Stone. Number one, delegation. He delegated to a 30-year-old in Parks Frazier. Who play, that was his first time calling plays in the NFL. At, no, at, not the NFL, at any level. At any level. At any level. So his first time calling plays <laughs> outside of the game of Madden um, on video games. Is on the road in Las Vegas against the Raiders team and Josh McDaniels. At Allegiant Stadium. Yep. against. And again, if, if you're going to pick a team in the NFL right now to go up against in your first time calling plays, I mean, I would hand select the Las Vegas Raiders. So good the two and seven Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> yeah, good, great choice by him. It was a great platter served up for Parks Frazier. But again, the Colts, their first time averaging seven yards per play all year. So their best offensive output. The offensive line looked good defensively. They 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 kind of bottled up the Raiders when they needed to. So number one was delegation, and number two was discernment. Because Stone, this is the this is the time in which I knew that everything was going to shift for the Colts, and they had a real shot on Sunday when I found out that. Jeff Saturday 
again, very smart guy. He knows the game of football. But beyond all of that, any dummy can walk into that locker room, look at Sam Ellinger, look at Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, former MVP, guy who has led his team to a Super Bowl, or at least a Super Bowl appearance, and he should have probably won it if he would have just been able to hold on to that big-time lead. We won't get into that. But Matt Ryan, a true veteran and a guy who is able to advance an offense down a field in an NFL game, and then you look at the tape of Sam Ellinger and you probably watch him practice, and you know what Jeff Saturday did? He used some discernment. I'm going with the vet, Matt Ryan. I'm going with the guy that gives me a chance to win, and, and that's exactly what they did. Discernment and delegation, and Jeff Saturday is an undefeated head coach in the NFL, Stone. I cannot agree with that more, and I think that I'm right on with you as far as starting Matt Ryan over Sam Ellinger because it's like, what are we doing? right? When he stepped in the facility. I thought they were tanking. Of course, when he stepped <laughs> into the facility, and you take a look at Sam Ellinger, you watch some of that tape they've had in practice, whether it's Skelly, which is 7-on-7, seven seven, whether it's these individual drills, or you just sit down with the quarterback coach in general, who I'm sure knows that Matt Ryan should be playing in Parks Frazier. Come on. And it's like, what are we doing here? Because are we trying to lose? And I think you make a decision like that, and everyone in the locker room realizes, okay, we wanted Matt Ryan to play. This guy realized that. Like, that's step one. Right? Yeah. That's how you get on everyone's good side. So you said delegation and then just being a man and making the right decision. But for me, it was most impressive that he didn't step out of his boundaries. Yes. Like, he didn't try to act like somebody he wasn't. I'm sure it was tough to stand in front of that team when you first walked in there because, I mean, we all know it. He probably shouldn't be <laughs> he, yeah. leading this team. Yeah, yeah. So for him to step in front of the team and be like, guys, like I know I got catapulted in this situation. But let's not forget, like you had mentioned, I mean, he was a part of the best Colts team that there probably ever was. You're talking about Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, guys like Edgar and James, yeah. Bob Sanders. Like That was Jeff Saturday's squad. Run, yeah. He was a captain. So he has the credibility as far as being a Colt. And then he just didn't step out of his boundaries. Like His guys realize that he's going to take accountability. He knows this is a weird situation. You have to delegate properly. And it's really impressive. I'm sure he's won every single guy in that locker room over in just a matter of what, six days? Well, he, he definitely did. And you know what? Speaking of, how about we go to the Paris Campbell, one of the uh, receivers for the Colts who also had a pretty good day out there with Matt Ryan. Paris Campbell, who, again, he's had some turbulent times early on with these Indianapolis Colts in his career. A guy who was a, a high draft pick as a receiver who should be a guy, again, every year in fantasy football, people are waiting on him to break out. But also, the Colts have been looking for more production out of him. Paris Campbell just outright raving about his head coach, his new head coach, Jeff Saturday. He's only known the guy for like a week. Here's Paris Campbell after the game. What would you tell your interim head coach tonight, Paris? Hey, like, I'm, I'm lost for words, man. Jeff, Jeff, no, seriously, like Jeff, he, he, he brought a level of accountability, you know, just this week. Um, that was real, man. Like, it was 100% real. And I would think every player, every coach, you know, we appreciated that. You know, he's not so, he's not trying to be anything that he's not. He's just being himself. Um, and you can see that, you know, that fiery player that he used to be, you can see it coming back out. And uh, we're just thankful for, you know, how he approached the week, um, the seriousness that he, he, he handled it with. And, uh, you know, he got his first dub. Quickly, a message to Matt Ryan. What would you tell your quarterback? That's my guy. He knows this. Like, me and Matt have had deep conversations, man, for a long time. And, uh, you know, when, when things have happened how they did, you know, with him, uh, you know, it's kind of normal for a guy to kind of get in the dumps and, you know, just turn it off. Um, but he didn't do that. He didn't do that not one bit. Um, he stayed locked in. He stayed engaged. And, I mean, come on. Like, this, this dude is a Hall of Famer one day, man. Like, he's a pro's pro. And um, he stepped up to the bill and um, made some big plays out there today. 
That's yep. courtesy of uh, Wish uh, News out of Indiana, by the way. Uh, that's Paris Campbell. Stone? Theo, you dropped a quote, you know, that head coaching in the NFL is not rocket science. I mean, this is case in point. So you have a starting wide receiver, a really talented guy in your roster, outright saying that Matt Ryan is his guy, that he's glad for them. When you just hear about him rave about Matt Ryan, how could you possibly have made that decision in weeks prior? No matter how Matt Ryan's playing, like this guy is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like how whoa, could you? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not, not again! Not the Matt Ryan Hall Ooh. of Fame talk. Oh, we he's don't not, have to do that. We don't have to get into it. But to me, he like he's at least. Can we at least agree he's not like a for sure Hall of Famer? He's not a first ballot at all. But he's at, not a at all. Statistically, he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation because but I don't of think... longevity and because of what he's been able right, to accumulate, right, like numbers right. wise. We can have the Matt Ryan Hall of Fame discussion another day. We'll save that for another day because yeah, this we'll is save about it for seven years later. This is you're right, you're right, but maybe even we get to it beforehand because uh, this is a point of contention. It's been a point of contention for me for the past five, six years, uh, being a guy who's been around Falcons fans. I don't think he's even bordering Hall of Fame the way other people do. But you know what? It's cool. He. If you could even bring up potential Hall of Famer sure. next to a guy's name, he should probably be starting over Sam Ellinger. We can agree on that. Absolutely. And I just think he went out and did what he had to do. Completed 75% of his passes, 21 mm. to 28, over 200 yards, no turnovers. And he delegated. I, I love that word, delegated, as you talked about. But he just gave the ball to all of his guys. Right? Paris makes- Campbell, nine targets. Michael Pittman Jr., nine targets. Like Jonathan Taylor went over 100 yards. I'm sure Jeff Saturday walked in that locker room early on Tuesday and Wednesday and was like, we're going to make it a thing to run the ball. Like, that's how we're going to win this game. We're going to play good defense and run the ball. Exactly what you'd expect from a center, a Hall of Fame center, (laughs) like Jeff Saturday. But really cool to see for the Colts. And I think if we were to go back, right, and we can on some of these podcasts, and I will like to pull audio, I don't think we clowned the decision. We were more so, like, worried. Like, is this real? We had to make sure that it wasn't fake. And we were rooting for the guy. And if you remember, on Saturday... When Jeff Saturday talked to the media, I remember I sent that audio into a group chat with you yep. and Ken. Yep. And Ken responded, wow, it moved. And he's talking about his nether regions. Yes. But it was like yeah, Jeff Saturday got everybody going. He said, I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. Right? I'm going to give it everything I got. I, I, I know where I stand. I know I've stolen people's jobs, per se. And he went out and humbly got that victory. It was really, really cool to see. And I guess, everybody, we do owe him an apology. And, and let's do it. I'll lead the show off by example here. Again, this is a day of contrition here <laughs> on Ken Levick Alive, a day where we show remorse and we pin out our apology letters. So I'll lead it off. I'll, I'll, I'll lead the example, show you guys how it's done, and I'll pull up my apology note here. Do we have any melodramatic music I can or find anything some. we can, we no can find so, so I can write this out to Jeff Saturday? I got to do them right here. As you can hear, that's my uh, me getting my papers together here, uh, <laughs> readying my apology. Because again, this is not this is not part of what they teach you in journalism school, right? When you when you're talking head sports guy, you're supposed to throw your takes out there, never take them back, always stand ten toes down on it. And again, I didn't want Jeff Saturday to lose, but there was no way I believed he was going to step into that locker room and lead that Colts team, the same team that we had seen the previous eight weeks, the same team that we saw Frank Reich could not get right with. Uh, There was a lot of reason to believe that the Colts would fall flat on their faces with a new guy walking straight out of Bristol, Connecticut, into Indianapolis trying to get a win. Let's, Let's get the melodramatic music in. Yes, that's I like that. That sets the mood perfectly. Um, here, let me dip my uh, pen and ink. Yeah, this is the, you see the feather the, on the top fe- of this one here. <laughs> I'm gonna dip it in this old school ink. Here. That take was just so old. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. 
Um, dear Jeff Saturday, comma, and Jim Ursay, I, from the bottom of my heart, apologize for not believing that you guys could get it done on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Jeff, I overestimated what it took to be in the National Football League as a head coach and lead a team to victory. When you think about the guys in the past who have done it, guys like Hugh Jackson, guys like Bobby Petrino, oh my God, Rod Marinelli, Urban Meyer, even Adam Gase. Jeff, when I when I think about some of the horrific, incompetent, not really leaders of men who have stepped into NFL locker rooms, stepped into team facilities, have had all of training camp, OTAs, have had full preseasons with teams, and showed incompetence all the way and were able to pull out wins, why wouldn't I think that a guy who's in the ring of honor in Indianapolis, a guy who is one of the most respected sports voices in broadcasting right now, but also one of the most respected guys to ever play in the offensive line in the NFL. Why would I underestimate the talents of you to get those guys? Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, and lead them. Quentin Nelson. Uh, Quentin Nelson. Don't forget about him. Come on, that's a Hall of Famer right there. Get his gold jacket ready. If there's a Taylor here in Palm Beach County, you need to start you know, doing whatever you do. Get the, the needles, the threads. Get that guy's gold jacket ready because he he he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to Canton. And who's to say that Jeff Saturday, who again, he got the job. Yeah, yeah. So what he's he best friend with Jim Ersay, the owner of the Colts. Right? So what the guy has been spending most of his time watching NFL games on TV and speaking about them the same way that we do over the airwaves. He deserved the job. And he got it done against the Las Vegas Raiders. So Jeff Saturday, Jim Ursay, Colts Nation, and even you, Matt Ryan, from the bottom of my heart, I come to you with full contrition, and I just ask you, please, please forgive me for not believing in you. Sincerely, with love, peace, and with remorse, Big Teddy. Do not think you could have done it any better than that. Yes, yes. I'm signing that up. I'm folding it. Um, we're gonna get. Can we? I'm gonna get an intern in here to get me a stamp. We're gonna send this thing on off to Indianapolis to make sure that gets to Jeff Saturday. Mm. And you know what else I'm gonna do? I'm gonna allow for you. I, I know as you heard that that uh, apology from the bottom of my heart. You want to give out your sports apologies as well. So I'm gonna allow you that same platform. Is there any kind of player that you maybe gave up on too soon? Is there any team that you wrote off before they showed you that they didn't write back? Geno Smith, maybe. Anybody out there that you want to give your sports apology to, it's your time. I'm giving you the platform here on Ken LaVica Live. Ken LaVica is out. You know, he would never be the type to apologize, but we here, now that it's Theo Dorsey, Stone Abandon, which we're giving you that opportunity, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Who do you want to uh, make things right with right now and give a deep, sincere apology to 
because maybe you just didn't have it right. Maybe you rushed to judgment, and this is your chance now to alleviate any of that. Stone, I think it was two weeks ago or so here on Ken Levick Alive that you shared your disappointment with the man who sports the number 12 on his back yeah. out at Lambeau Field. And I know that it hurt you. I, I remember that day. I was sitting right over here. I was sitting right over here. Ken was in the seat I'm in right now. And as you sat behind the, the you know the desk there, behind your microphone, you were taking callers. You were you were doing your thing on the ones and twos. You didn't want to do it. You were kind of biting your tongue, and then you showed your discontentment with the play of Aaron Rodgers. Is there anything? I don't know who your sports apology is going to. And again, you can call in 888-760-3776 to give your sports apology to whoever you may have offended. Stone, I don't want to lead you into one or force you into doing so, but is there anybody that you particularly want to give a sports apology to? So I'll get to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Mm, he could wait. But yeah, he can most definitely wait. But there's one person and there's one man that I think I need to apologize to. That one person is Tua Tungavailoa, and mm. that one man is Ken Lavica. Now, I'm only apologizing because he's not here today. We will hear from him <laughs> earlier. And if he was here, it'd be two hours nonstop yeah. of these Miami Dolphins, Tua Tungavailoa. But- how, how incredibly oh like, God. ridiculous would Ken be today oh my God. if he was in? If he wasn't forced to be in his car driving on his <laughs> way to Gainesville, how ridiculous would he be right now? I'm kind of upset that he doesn't have the, the platform here to do it today yeah. because he is president of the... To a tongue of Iloa fan club yes. in the Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, so he'd be having his day. But we're gonna hear from him later. You know, I'll, in the I'll second see, hour, let's let's get him. We'll get him in there. We'll For get him sure. in to have his uh, but, parade. But last week we talked about the 2020 quarterback class, right? And we said, who would you take right now? Mm. And I remember my list. It was Joe Burrow at the number one spot. It was Jalen Hurts at the number two spot. Then it was to a tongue of Iloa at three. And Justin Herbert at four. No, no, no. I think you had two or fourth. I remember that. I think you had two or fourth. Don't do that because I most definitely did not have two at the four spot. We might have to go back to the podcast on that one too, but we'll see. If I did have him at the four spot, then I'm very (laughs) happy with my decision to apologize. Because what we saw yesterday, right, them just putting up nearly 40 points in the fashion that they did it right at home in the sun at the crib in front of those fans – the numbers that he's putting up are just absolutely ridiculous. And I know Joe Burrow didn't play, right? He had his bye week, so you really couldn't compare. And the Eagles play tonight. Justin Herbert took a loss last night. Like, what two has been able to do with these guys, right? You bring in Jeff Wilson, you bring in a running back from San Francisco, and all of a sudden it's a difference maker. Well, it has nothing to do with Jeff Wilson. It has everything to do with this offense, what Tua does, how you have to be afraid, right, of these play-action plays, some of the RPOs they have going. But I just want to run down some of these statistics that – I guess I neglected last week. But when you talk about where he ranks this season, passer rating, that would be in the one spot. Mm. Touchdown-interception ratio, which is usually held by a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah not this year. Nope. Tied for first is Tua Tungabailoa at 18-3. and three. Mm. Yards per attempt, right? Oh, he just chunks it five yards. Yeah, Stephen, Deacon a, Dunk. Stephen A. Smith had the audacity this morning to get on and say that it's not that hard when you can throw passes five yards down the field and your guys can take it 20, oh 30 into God. the half. I mean, it just shows that you're not even watching these football games. Yards per attempt, that's 9.1. That's first place for Tua Tungavailoa. Yeah. I could keep going. So here's really where I – this is where I have to do my apology. 
highest passer rating in NFL history by a third-year QB. So that includes some of those 2020 draft class guys, right? Tua Tagovailoa at 118. That would be at number one. Number two is Jalen Hurts. Number three is Josh Allen. So with guys who have been doing it for just as long, and honestly, Tua has done it in less games, and you could say, yeah, that's why he would have some of these numbers, but at the same time, no, because he is 14-1 and one yes. in his last 15 games. And perfect this season in games he started and finished. <laughs> perfect. Here's some more for you. Passer rating first. Talked about that. Third down passer rating first. Fourth down passer rating first, which is a big Ooh. stat in today's NFL. Yes. Right? We saw the Dallas Cowboys just go for fourth every single time. It even cost them the game. Who's first in that category? That would be Tua Tungvaluwa. Red zone, dead zone passer rating. Where's he rank? Number one. These guys score every time they go. They didn't even punt yesterday. Or if they did, it was once or twice. I do not remember the exact stat, but they don't punt (laughs) anymore. They don't punt much. They end their drives with a kick. Whether it is a field goal, a PAT, or a kickoff, these guys are getting it done. Yards per attempt, I already talked about him, number one. He's the first player in NFL history to have 135-plus passer rating in three consecutive games. So this kid... This kid, who I believe is my age, is is setting history. Mm. Like he's doing stuff that's never been done before. Jalen Hurts, yeah, he has the you know capability to go undefeated and do something no one's ever done before. Joe Burrow is been somewhat average. He was I, in the Super Bowl last year, but this sure, year, sure. Know. And then Justin Herbert, we've seen where he lacks. Right, he just hasn't been able to, I guess, exceed expectations. He hasn't so, been able to win games. He just hasn't been able to win games. And San Francisco is not a team that they're expected yeah. to beat. Right, they were big underdogs. I think seven points in that game, but still. I think when I ranked these guys, I was being stubborn. And then when I saw him just dicing up that Cleveland defense with my eyes, I I was at that game at Hard Rock Stadium, and when I watched that crowd, just kind of, I I was there for the MVP chance. Yeah. I was like, damn, I have to apologize. Like, this this team is 7-3. They have sole possession of first place in the AFC East. They're half a game up on the Buffalo Bills, who are still plus 300 to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Being third in their own division right now. Like, with all this going on, we have to give this guy his flowers. So I give my apology to Tua Tungavailoa and where I ranked him in that 2020 draft class because right now, I mean, you just can't argue that he's not playing as if he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He he feels it, and still, every single day, every time you turn on, whether it be ESPN or Fox Sports or you hop on Twitter and you see people talk about it, all of the discourse around the Dolphins there's always some way that people find to undercut the accomplishments of Tua Tungavailoa or the Dolphins in general. And I just wonder, Stone, when does it end? Like, how, what does he – because for you, you this is it. This is the mark of – this is the point of it demarcation is. where you decided, okay, he's shown me enough. Because you can't stop the offense. You can't stop them, like, right? If, if teams did slow them down, I would halt on my apology. But you can't touch these guys. There's nothing you can do – Daniel obviously said it, and we'll hear from him. Yeah. As a defensive coordinator, this is obviously the team you fear the most. Like, that's undeniable at this point. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're, let's, we can get to that Dan Orlovsky sound after the break, actually, and I'm going to give people another chance to call in and give their sports apology because I like the fact that even as a young man, as a young man, Stone Labanowicz, you were able to own up yeah, to it. had to. And confess that you were probably wrong about Tua and these Dolphins. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's the number you can use to call in to Ken Levick Alive and pin your own sports apology to a team, to a coach, maybe an owner of a team, maybe a front office. Heck, maybe it even is a fan base that you might have ridiculed. You maybe you know stepped over the line a little bit here, and you want them to know that you feel contrite. 
You want them to know that you are not going to make the same mistake that Kyrie Irving did and not apologize too soon. Was that too soon? I don't know. But we'll be here on Ken Levick Alive. Ken is out, but we'll have him on later. For Stone Labanowitz, I'm Theo Dorsey. We're taking your sports apologies, 888-760-3776, and we're live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. And it's a big Teddy takeover on a Monday, on a Monday where we're making amends. We're making amends with our sports takes. Uh, You can make your amends with any coach, any player, any team, any fan base, anybody that you feel like you just you just got it wrong. And we're also taking them over Twitter as well. You can call in 888-760-3776. Here's one from Chris Campbell on Twitter. He says, I apologize to Jimbo Fisher for criticizing him for leaving FSU. Huh. I was wrong thinking he was a better coach than he really is. He had us in the first half, Stone. You're damn right he had us in the first half. That's a really good call by Chris because they were without so many starters, and boy, did they take a licking from this Florida Gator team. Hey, look, it is a uh, – I remember – when people were running Jimbo out or he was trying to evade and then there was all of that, you know, you know, dissension between him and the fan base and he goes to Texas A&M, he takes the big bag. A&M has the best recruiting class of all time. Like, the roller coaster of emotions between Jimbo Fisher and um, and, and Knowles fans between the day he left and now is just, I mean, I don't even know which turn it's taking next. Yeah, and we know how severe SEC fans are. And if uh, you remember, because I know a lot of people do months ago on Paul Feinbaum's show, there was a caller that had called in and said, yes. we owe this guy $90 million, right? $90 million if we were to cut him right now and let him loose. But a hitman Oof. costs less than that. A hitman is cheaper than that $90 million. So, like, these guys are done with yeah. him. And I don't want to say there's merit behind that take because he's a damn good coach. But what he's doing right now to the Aggies is not okay. The quarterbacks that he's starting out there are not good enough to win games in the SEC, let alone compete at a very high level. So, Jimbo Fisher, that's a really good take from Chris Campbell there. Love it. They say cheaper to keep her. That fan was saying cheaper to kill him. I don't don't know. I don't know. (laughs) That's literally it. Either way, it was illegal. And that was, uh, I appreciate the apology here from. From uh, as backhanded as it might be from Chris Campbell on Jimbo Fisher, who the Knowles actually feeling good. Canes fans should be feeling good after this weekend as well. But you know who is on an all-time high? It's Dolphins fans, including Ken Levick, who can't be here to um, be the uh, the head of the parade here. So yeah. instead, we'll have to do a bit of it for him right now. And I want to get to it because just before the break, Stone, you, you owned up to it as a man. And you said, you know, full-breathedly, if that's even a word, that you apologize to Tua Tungavailoa yep. and these Miami Dolphins who are first place in their division with, again, the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills who beat the Bills already this year, yep. and Tua has yet to lose a game that he has started and finished. That offense looks unstoppable. We're not the only ones that think that offense looks unstoppable. Dan Orlowski was on first take, and he had – um. Even higher praises than even I or Stone could heap onto Tua Tungavailoa. Here's Dan Orlowski saying maybe there's three letters that could be next to Tua's name. Should he be at the top of the MVP combo at this point? Absolutely, right with Patrick Mahomes. 
Those guys are one and one. Yeah. And I'm gonna hunt down all the people who told me Tua sucked, like Denzel in, in Man on Fire. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna find you guys and make sure that <laughs> you realize all you guys were wrong. The way that Tua is playing right now is off the charts. He's neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes as the MVP. He leads the NFL in basically every category. He's got yeah. the best QBR in the NFL. He's actually got a passer rating of over 135 for three straight games. You know how many people have done that in the history of the NFL? One, Tua. The only guy to ever do that. Find me a scarier offense right now to play in outside of maybe Kansas City. The ball comes out of his hand so quickly, he's distributing it. The accuracy, the timing, the touch, the placement of the throws is as good as we've seen Candidly since Drew Brees. Prime Drew Brees. That's what this looks like right now. And I, I'm telling you, everybody, well, ask Ryan when he comes on next hour. This is, this, there's no defensive coordinator that is not fearing playing against this offense. And it's because of Tua. He's playing as good as you can play, and it's him and Patrick Holmes right now for MVP. Well, for me, it's Mahomes. I had to just let yeah. Stephen A. get his. For you me, it's Mahomes. Of course. I'm cool with that. Chiefs kingdom. Let's ride. <laughs> um, when I think of what Tua is doing right now, and especially now that we're this deep into the NFL season, it just reminds me of my guy, Mike Jones. You know, I'm a Houston guy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the 2A1, and, you know, it just reminds me of Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. <laughs> We've been saying, and I know you haven't been as much on it. Ken has been all over it, but me as an innocent bystander, as an objective observer um, from Chiefs Kingdom where all things are fine, the water is always calm, I've been saying, what is it that people have against Tua Tungavailoa? Why do people want him to fail? Why, when he succeeds, do people try and poke holes in every part of his game, even through the wins that he continues to pile up for the Dolphins, even before this season and yet again, Tua is doing it, but this time now at an all-time level, he finally has the full confidence of his head coach. He finally has a full complement of weapons around him, and he's done nothing but what we kind of saw him do at Alabama when he had a full complement of weapons around him and a good head coach that believed in him. Tua Tungavailoa is a legit MVP candidate, and for it to take this long for there to be buy-in at least more buy-in, it, it's kind of like, again, it's starting to feel personal. I don't get it. It is starting to feel personal, and Dan Orlovsky mentioned receipts, right? He's going to find everybody. You can go on Twitter right now and give at Finn's receipts yeah. a follow <laughs> because it's a Dolphins fan account now increasing the followers day by day. They're up to 5,000, but they post at least 20 times a day. National media syndicates just absolutely dogging Tua. <laughs> so at Finn's receipts, if you're a Dolphins fan, one of the best follows going right now. Let's talk about that MVP. So your boy Patrick Mahomes, yeah, leads with plus one thirty odds to win the Super Bowl. Behind him at plus well, three seventy five. I apologize. Yeah, to win the MVP. Behind him at plus three seventy five. That's Jalen Hurts in the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Take a loss. I'm sure that number goes way up. Third on this list to win the most valuable player in the National Football League is Tua Tungvaluwa at plus 400. Mm. Now, Tua Lot, that's value, and I think rightfully so. If they can get over those bills in Buffalo later on in the season, I think this guy solidifies himself as the MVP. Now, Patty has to take a loss, right? This Chiefs has to regress if he wants to move up there, but he's a legitimate contender at this point. Ken calls him the most divisive player. Yeah, that the NFL seen in the past decade, and I have not disagreed with it once. No matter what he does, he takes the wrong step left, takes the wrong step right, throws a dirt ball. If he were to throw that interception that Josh Allen ended the game on against Minnesota last night, the media, social media, 
TV. Yeah, we, everybody would have killed him. him. We, we would have cooked him. We would have said, this is why he's not a great player. But guys like Josh Allen do it. These costly turnovers. Patrick Mahomes had a really, really ugly turnover yesterday, trying to do too much, yeah. right? trying to escape the pocket and just elongate these plays, which is one of his strengths, but ends up turning the ball over. Tua doesn't do that. Yesterday watching this game, and Dan Rolovsky hinted at it, the ball gets out so fast. The quick game that Mike McDaniel has implemented into this offense is lethal, to the point where I was watching Miles Garrett as if he was playing in a Pro Bowl yesterday. Because yeah. of how fast Tua gets the ball out, Like their quick game offense is so disgusting because you have to play man. But at the same time, you can't because there are too many guys to take the top off. So defenses are struggling. Miles Garrett wasn't even rushing the passer. He was out there. I bet he wanted to sit on the bench and not even go out there because he knew he did not have enough time to get to the quarterback, no matter who was blocking him, yeah. because Tua gets the ball out so fast. This team's disgusting right now. It neutralizes the pass yeah. rush. And it also, I mean, that, that Dolphins offensive line still isn't right. How, uh, how about it, though? <laughs> it how still about isn't it? Right. It looked all right. But they're able to run the ball yep. effectively behind that line. Tua's able to have just enough time that he needs to get the ball out, and that offense is clicking. I, I, I – I was one of two. We have the you know the Dolphins pick we do every week, and I was on a roll. I think I had won the past two weeks in a row. Yeah, and I was one of two to pick against the Dolphins, picking the Browns, and I did it just because number one, I just figured you know they they got to lose at some point with Tua starting, and I felt foolish. I felt foolish like two <laughs> drives into the game. I was like, oh, the Dolphins are about to blow the Browns out. Like, what the hell was I thinking? I tried to go too big brain there for sure. For sure. And I think you were probably feeling good after the first drive. The Browns drove right yeah, down yeah. the field, yeah. went up a quick seven love. Shout out Harrison Bryant, FAU. Yes, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. And when they did score that, I do want to shout out Ken Levicka on Twitter because he was talking about embarrassing, awful. Like he was like already on that negative train. And I was a little worried well, too. The Dolphins defense has not been Oh my good. God, it's abysmal. Yeah. It's abysmal. And, and that was part of my thinking was that the Browns will be able to control the clock. Sure. March it down the field. Jacoby Brissett has not been bad this year. He's not been good. But he had been adequate enough. There were games where he was connecting with Amari Cooper and and, and uh, Hunter Br- or Hunter Bryant, and I, I don't know why I almost called him Austin Hooper. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Hunter Bryant and, and and really Nick Chubb has controlled a lot of these games for the Browns for sure throughout the year. So I just I was like, you know what? It's a random Sunday. It's a random homecoming for Jacoby Brissett, a revenge game. He was just starting games for the Dolphins last year. Why not go against the grain? Say the Browns will win. And you're right. The first drive looked good, and then no drives after that. Yeah, so I picked it 35-32, to 32, thinking that this defense was going to give up a lot more points yeah. than they did. But a lot of the times, offense is defense, especially in the NFL. Because if you're a quarterback on the opposing team and you have to jog out on the field when you know the other team hasn't punted and yeah. they're going to score, you turn into a superhero. You feel like you have to convert these third and longs, that you have to fit these balls into small windows, and that's where Jacoby Brissett found himself. Yeah. Down on the scoreboard, knowing that that high-octane offense – the Miami Dolphins possess are going to score every single drive. So at that point, like you start to play a little worse. You start to make these weird decisions trying mm. to play superhero ball. So a lot of the times, offense is defense. Defense has so many holes in it. We're missing a lot of guys in the secondary. This linebacking core is not at all what we anticipated it to be. Just nothing you can do to stop this Miami Dolphins train right now. You know what? And I love that point you made, the, the offense becoming defense for the Dolphins. And you know what it reminds me of? A Palm Beach County resident. That bad man who, when he throws that red polo on, on a Sunday, I mean, it's not happening anytime soon, but nope. we've seen it happen time and time again. The Tiger Woods effect of 
being on a Sunday in the red polo hunting down. In golf, it's an individual sport. You're not technically playing against a guy. You're playing against the hole. You're playing against yourself. But there always felt like there was that effect, that aura that Tiger Woods had that would impact other golfers' games. And you're saying Tua, not Patrick Mahomes, not Josh Allen, not Justin Herbert, because those are the guys we usually hear have that effect on opposing play callers and opposing quarterbacks. You're saying now Tua and the Dolphins have that effect? I'm liking what I'm hearing. For sure. And I love the Tiger Woods effect analogy because let's just put it into perspective. Let's imagine that Tua is Tiger Woods in this hypothetical. <laughs> and Josh Allen is, per se, DJ Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, yeah. John Rahm. These guys who are at the top of the game as well. Scotty Scheffler. Like, when the Dolphins travel up to Buffalo and take on the Bills, Josh Allen is going to be the one who mm. has the pressure on him. Two in the Dolphins already are up 1-0 in that head-to-head. Like they go into that game. And with, they have a better record. Right? A way better record. Yeah. In the, well, well, not half way a, better. It's half, half a game up. But they're the one going into that game when kickoff comes with confidence, playing with nothing to lose. Josh Allen, therefore, has the pressure on his shoulders. That's the Tiger Woods effect. I'm going to keep using it for this Dolphins team right now because you can't stop this offense and you can't think that you're ever going to at any point in the game where you'll find yourself down 14, 21 points. Or, or you could be like the Ravens up 21 in the fourth, and then the offense just goes bananas. That, this is one of the scarier units in, in all of the NFL. There's like the Cowboys pass rush. There's the Eagles defense and the hold, Chiefs offense. The Chiefs offense. I think the Dolphins are like a top five overall unit in the NFL. No, I love that. I and, love that. Yeah, and it is, it is it's something to see. It's a spectacle. Honestly, it's one of the more fun watches on a day-to-day. Like, of course, I'm watching Dolphins games because I know we're going to talk about them here on Ken LeVick Alive and we're here in South Florida. Sure. But it's not like – it's not agony at all. Like, it, I, I love watching the Dolphins play football right now, especially because their defense allows a lot of big plays too. It's <laughs> fun stuff. <laughs> a lot of explosive plays. <laughs> Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are putting up historic numbers. They lead the league as a duo. Yeah. In just a season after where we were flaunting Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, where we were flaunting these wide receiver tandems. Yeah, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. You know, and then fast forward to 2022, we're approaching Thanksgiving, and it's Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, not only by a small margin, but a landslide when it comes to yards, touchdowns, receptions. Like, they're just taking the league by storm. They are, man. It's been a... um it's been somewhat of a rampage, an avalanche of offense out of the Dolphins. 39 points uh, yesterday afternoon at Hard Rock Stadium over the Browns, and they get the Texans next. <laughs> at uh, Oh, yeah, that'll be in Miami as well. Mm, mm. So uh, if you think that it's stopping anytime soon, uh, just hold on to your boots. Hold on to your boots. Uh, Stone, I-, I do want to give you the platform to give your sports apology to Aaron Rodgers. Um, I do want to give you your chance to – Maybe give back some flowers to him, the flowers that you've been giving him his whole career. So we'll do that when we come back here on Ken LeVick Alive. Again, we're taking your sports apologies, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. We're taking your sports apologies here on Ken LeVick Alive. But before you give your apology, maybe you want to take care of yourself. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Well, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. 
Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. That's a lot of care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We're taking your sports apologies. It is a Monday of contrition here on Ken Levick Alive. For Stone LeBanowitz, I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live here on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Stone, I got to be honest with you, man. I have a bad feeling about tonight. I have a, a weird feeling in my tummy. Do you? About tonight. Monday Night Football, the Eagles and the Commanders. This, it, it has all of the makings of what the hell just happened um, I don't know, man. Do you feel do you feel similarly about this? Obviously, the Eagles undefeated. Jalen Hurts, an MVP candidate, second best odds right now. That defense so stifling. The Commanders have no reason to be in this game tonight. And the Eagles, I don't know. I just I have a weird feeling. I hear you. So since 2003, double-digit favorites on Monday Night Football have gone 13, 30, and two. So as far as covering this 11-point spread. I'd be weary of that. About covering. But yeah. Yeah. But as far as losing outright to this Washington team with Taylor Heineke at the helm, I'll have to see it to believe it. Yeah. But for your weird feeling, I don't think I share that necessarily. These Dolphins, I mean, I apologize. These Eagles right now are also one of the Mack trucks in the league. So yeah. I don't feel that same thing as you do, but I wouldn't be utterly shocked, right? I mean, these guys are undefeated. They're bound to lose at some point. Yeah, it's a it's a divisional game. Yeah. It's a primetime game. And it's also, I mean, it's a spot we haven't seen Jalen Hurts technically in yet. I mean, I know they had the Texans Thursday night game. Um, that's a little bit different because the Texans are literally tanking. The, the commanders believe they can, they can fight for a wild card spot. I mean, that NFC East race is tight. 8-0 Eagles, 7-2 Giants, 7-2 <laughs> Giants. Doesn't I even say sound that right. twice. That's incredible. What is this, like 2007? Uh, the 6-3 Cowboys and then the 4-5 Commanders. So if the Commanders win, there would be no teams with a losing record in the NFC East. Meanwhile, um, in the, uh, what is that? I guess every other every other uh, comp or division is solid. They have at least one team. I guess, meanwhile, in the NFC South, there's no team with a winning record. And then you go to the AFC East, uh, there's also no team with a losing record. The, the Patriots, the New England Patriots, who I wrote off as dead like two weeks into the season, they're actually 5-4, and four, Stone. They're actually 5-4 and four in the cellar of the AFC East. And this is, I won't say typical New England Patriots, because they're usually at the top of the division, yeah. but it's typical for them to be around and always be a threat. Just hanging around. Just hanging around. Dangerously like, looming. You can <laughs> trust that they're going to perform when it matters most in some of these big games, but beating the teams that are on their level, that's what they struggle with. But yeah. Yeah, they're they're uh, when they're a dog. I would, uh, I think they're always live. Like yeah. They're always a team that you can find some value in. They're scary, of course. Yeah, yep. Uh, I'm ready for Zappy Hour again. Uh, I'm also <laughs> ready for y'all to continue to give your sports apologies. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776 to give your sports apologies. 
And we got big homie, big homie here on Ken Levick Alive. First off, big homie, how you feeling today? And do you have a apology you want to write out to anybody in sports? I ain't got no apology for nobody. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles are eight and zero, and I'm tired of hearing this blasphemy. Y'all talking about all of this and that. You got a feel, you you got a feeling. You need to go to the bathroom. Right? That's the <laughs> feeling. Um, because that's the only thing that's gonna be upset tonight. The Philadelphia Eagles are eight and zero. Y'all want to make the NFL into the BCS? Let's not forget the Philadelphia Eagles were smoking that Vikings pack, twenty four to seven earlier right. this. Mm. All right. Look. So if y'all want to tell somebody. Crown Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I got a feeling we're going to cover tonight. But, big homie, look, just on Friday I made the prediction that the Eagles are going to run the table in the regular season and go undefeated. I'm not saying the Eagles lose it. I'm just – I have a weird feeling with these divisional games on primetime television, dog. Like, you don't – so you're 100% confident that the Eagles will win and not just win but cover tonight on – Win uh, big. Win big. I'm talking about two touchdowns. Man. You know what? I like the confidence. I like the confidence. I love it. And you don't have any apologies, man. No, no, no. You're not sorry for anything right now. No apologies. Yeah, I'm sorry that you guys believed in uh, the Miami Hurricanes this year. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. relax. Love <laughs> <laughs> y'all. Appreciate the call, big homie. Yeah, get him out of here, Stone. Get him out of here. The Canes, by the way, coming off a big win over Georgia Tech. Big win. Maybe some nice money at plus 100 against a sorry Georgia Tech team. Really yeah. good for the brand. Started like 13 freshmen. Ja'Kai Brown with his first collegiate start. You might owe him an apology, done. Stone. You were just you were just talking down on Ja'Kai Brown. For sure. I did not want him <laughs> at all to start this game. I would have rather anybody. A Jake Garcia. A yeah. banged up Tyler Van Dyke. But hey, he went in and got it done. The defense played really well. Cam Kitchen with three interceptions. One of them a 99-yard pick six. Come on. So any Canes fans out there is feeling pretty good about, I guess, the future of this team. Yeah, I just hope they can hold on to some of those recruits. I also hope that they can find a win between this next week against Clemson and the final week of the season against Pitt because I do not feel like hearing anything about how the Canes missed the bowl game in Mario Cristobal's debut season. That yeah. would be terrible. There's still life. There's still life. You gotta get you gotta get one of these in the bag to to kind of keep those, those. Is Clemson possible, Stone? Be, uh, is it possible? This Clemson team looks like they're in the midst of figuring it out. Right? Yeah. They don't know who their starting quarterback is. They're really hesitant on benching their big man DJ at yeah. the quarterback position. Well, young Yeah, it's really tough to say that last. I know. Time, so it I try is. to avoid it. I was I was practicing it at ACC kickoff <laughs> only for him to snub me uh-huh. on the interview. Him and Davo Sweeney. That's why I'm glad they're still figuring it out because they snubbed me on the interview at ACC kickoff in Uptown Charlotte. I'll never forget that. Yeah, and the committee is still holding with that 10 spot just because of the name, the brand, Davo, and the rest of the the gang, that mafia that they have. But ah, is it possible? Not at all. Right, we're starting a bunch of freshmen out there. A lot of the guys who we thought were going to be impact players are on the bench now because they're soon to hit the transfer portal. Yeah. Even Jake Garcia, one of the backup quarterbacks, he's a guarantee to hit the transfer portal. This team also in the Hurricanes, as we know, is figuring it out. So, no, I don't think they have any chance against Clemson. But, Theo, the big homie came on and said he didn't have any apologies. Didn't want to take anything back, any takes that he had. He's probably nervous, but I do want to do a quick Green Bay Packers one and Aaron Rodgers. Yes, yes. So we saw what happened, right? They went down 28-14 in that fourth quarter and in true fashion at Lambeau. And he thought it was over and he spoke about it. But post-game, the 60-second clip of him talking on Fox about what this game meant, kind of just initial reactions. Aaron Rodgers, as much as we hate on some of the outlandish things that he said, he hits every single key point here. This is him post-31-28 victory over the Cowboys. Aaron, you walked over, you pointed at the scoreboard, and you said, we won. Why? It's been a while. It's been a tough six weeks. 
Uh, so proud of these guys. A lot of a lot of people wrote us off, for sure, and with good merit. But there's a lot of pride still. This is starting to be Lambeau Field weather, and we knew we needed to get this game so that we didn't uh, lose the faith of the fans or the guys in our locker room. Down 14 in the fourth quarter. What was the turning point in this game for this offense? There were a lot of big plays. I'm really proud of Christian. He dropped his first two and then came back to him a bunch. I think that over-the-shoulder catch exercised a lot of demons. So really proud of him. And then crunch time, you go to your big-time players. Allen, you know, with a great catch and run for us. Jones, the offensive line. A.J. Dillon, big plays for us. Rudy Ford, two picks. This was the kind of win that we needed. Didn't look great 28-14, but, you know, and the crowd wasn't quite into it like it usually is. But hopefully we gave them something to believe in today. Listen, Theo, the Packers had to win at least five out of seven games to have a chance to make the playoffs. Mm. Just anybody who's capable, we know it's the back-to-back MVP and Aaron Rodgers. He said it earlier this week. Forget, I'm a back-to-back reigning MVP in this National Football League. Like, I'm him. I've been him. He went out and did his thing last night. They're four and six. I think they showed a lot of fight to beat a really good Cowboys team. Cannot believe I almost stepped off the train yeah. that I've been riding for decades. I'm only 24 years old, and ever since I was 10, 11, 12 years old, I've been rocking with the guy. Number 12, my goat, Aaron Rodgers. So I apologize most importantly to him and the Green Bay Packers. It, it is a well-deserved apology after they, they did it against a good and elite Cowboys defense and the road ahead doesn't get much easier. Two really good defenses um, next up for the Packers, a Thursday night game at Lambeau against the Titans. And then they get to see big homies Eagles oh, at Lincoln Financial God. on November the 27th. That'll be Sunday night football as well. So Cannot wait for that. If, um, if Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers wins after beating the Cowboys, right, who are trying to edge with the, the Eagles to try and get back in the first place potentially – after beating that Cowboys defense the way he did in the comeback fashion, if he can find a way to, on Amazon Prime Video, Ooh. beat the Titans at Lambeau, again, getting cold at Lambeau, it's a different environment. At Lambeau weather. And then went on Sunday Night Football at the Eagles in Philadelphia to derail their perfect season, I think, look, I, I don't see it happening. But if those two things do happen following this comeback win over the Cowboys, man, the discourse around Aaron Rodgers is going to change swiftly. <laughs> yeah, momentum's a real thing. Yo, before we get to break, this was one of the coolest things that I had seen. So this was Anthony Davis last night after dropping 37 on Kevin Durant and the Nets in a 116-105 to 105 victory. Yeah. yeah, I did watch every single second of that game. Nice. No, I did not think they were going to win that game. Love to see it. Austin Reeves, <laughs> Russ came off the bench, played well. Ooh, Austin Reeves. We saw Lonnie Austin Walker. Austin Reeves alert. <laughs> Lonnie Chill Walker. Out. Lonnie Walker went out and dropped 24. Anthony Davis, 37, and a really big win over the Nets. But yeah. it was a quote from Anthony Davis, and he said, I was watching the Packers game. Oh, I knew it. Aaron Rodgers threw a slant to Alan Lazard. He ran for like 40 yards, and he started screaming, flexing, and all that. And it got me really motivated before the game, just trying to dominate be dominant like Aaron Rodgers. That was Anthony Davis on how the real 12 inspired him. Like, I just thought it was really cool to see it all coming together. You talked about if they beat the Eagles. The momentum is right on the Packers' side, and I dare say that they won one out of their last six games. Yeah. But if they can manage to pick up some wins that they shouldn't, per se, or wouldn't be favored in those games, yeah, I think this team's scary.
It'll be a mugged up game on Thursday Night Football, especially a short week for the Packers against those Titans who just love roughing it up. They just love getting real, and I, I witnessed that when they played my Chiefs. Uh, we'll get back, take some of your uh, sports apologies as well as we'll bring in the man, Ken Lavica, back to his show who is, again, on the road to Gainesville to call that FAU game against the Gators. So get your sports apologies ready, 888-760-3776, and prepare to hear from Ken as he continues to drive the parade for Tua Tungavailoa and those Miami Dolphins. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Levick Alive. What? Become best friends. Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to all out there. It is a Monday, November 14th here on Ken Levick Alive. It's Theo Dorsey. Most importantly, it's a big Teddy takeover on Ken Levick Alive as Ken is out on his way to Gainesville to call an FAU basketball game against those Gators. So you got me. You're stuck with me, Theo Dorsey from WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX, Fox 29. And I couldn't do it any of this without my guy Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, who is on the ones and twos, and he's also maybe on an all-time high because of what he saw from his guy, his his muse, his his idol of all things quarterbacking, and that's number 12 out of Green Bay. Stone, are you just are you just oozing with enthusiasm this, this afternoon? Yeah, it's been a great day, most importantly, and we're <laughs> just kind of getting this thing started, right? It's 12-01, but think about Ken Levick alive and how we're thriving, right? You yes. had Jeanette Javier's Buccaneers. We saw what they did in Munich. Yes. Your Kansas City Chiefs. Patty Mahomes, the MVP favorite, taking care of the Jaguars. Ken Levick and I are Miami Dolphins. Mm, Tua. I mean, we'll get to that. We'll get to Capital the 7 T and 3. Tua. Number one in the AFC is number one all together. Love what the Miami Dolphins are doing. And then, of course, the like, love of your life. Like you teased, right? Yeah. My man, Crush. Yeah. The guy, when he wins that, he just makes my week. And that's Aaron Rodgers. And to get that dub against Mike McCarthy in Lambeau, against Cow- a really good Cowboys team, yeah. I'm flying high. I'm glad you had your third good week of the year. It's been a long 2022 <laughs> for Stone Levanowitz. Four. Oh, four. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. The yeah. four and six. <laughs> wow. So today is, and again, we, we, we take so much time out of our days, especially as sports broadcasters, but really as just sports fans ridiculing, accusing, making these rash statements about not just teams, but players and coaches on a day-to-day basis. That's pretty much our job here is to take the context of what happens over a sports weekend, break it down, disseminate that information, and really kind of have some takes. Sometimes we have good takes. Sometimes those takes are bad. Sometimes they're just incomplete. And what I want to do today is give everyone an opportunity to just take some of those takes back. And today's going to be a day of remorse on Ken Levick Alive. It'll be a day of um, shouting out our apologies from the tops of the mountains as some of people over this weekend, it was almost a weekend in sports of people proving us wrong, more so proving themselves right, riding high on confidence, and also, again, just disseminating every single take that we had here. And we got to start off with the man, the myth, the legend, the interim head coach <laughs> of the Indianapolis Colts. 
um, who just a couple weeks ago, really uh, about a week ago actually to date, was just a ESPN analyst, um, Jeff Saturday, who got his first head coaching win in the NFL after we all crushed Jim Ursay and the Indianapolis Colts over the decision, after we all teased Jeff Saturday. I personally, you know, it was – I never thought, okay, this is a bad hire because, honestly, I thought what the Colts were trying to do was lose football games. So I, I laughed at it, but I said, hey, great move by Jim Ursay. You've been trying these veteran quarterbacks. You went Carson Wentz. You went Phillip Rivers. Now you're on Matt Ryan. You finally have given up on that. You're going to punt on the season. You're going to hire a guy in Jeff Saturday who was just up on the booth talking with, with Dan Orlowski, and you're going to let this Colts team sink to the top or sink to the bottom of the standings, yeah. the top of the NFL draft, and you'll get yourself a C.J. Stroud. You'll get yourself a, a Bryce Young, a guy that can come in there and be the quarterback of the future, not just some kind of stopgap guy that you've tried time after time. And then Jeff Saturday comes riding in on his white horse as – Literally just this big ball of energy, everything that everybody told us he would be, because you, you talk about, you hear from his colleagues, you hear from people that played with him, and then, you know, we'll get to this soon, but you hear from the players in his locker room. Yep. Everybody who gets within a, a light pole of this guy just absolutely loves him, absolutely drawn to him, and it showed on Sunday the Raiders uh, falling to the Colts 25-20 to in Las Vegas, and Stone, before I pin my apology to Jeff Saturday, because again, that's what today's all about. We're writing our sports apologies out to people who, you know, prove that maybe we just don't have it all the way when it comes to giving these takes. I want to hear from Jeff Saturday um, right after this 25-20 win in his locker room with his guys who, as you can tell, and when you listen to this, just listen to the reaction. Listen to how silent it is when Jeff Saturday is talking and how revved up these guys get after every single word. Jeff Saturday here after a big time Colts win, one and zero in the NFL. Been a hell of a week, man. Been a been a tough one on all of you. Can't tell you how proud I am of each and every one of you, coaches, players, staff. Everybody stepped up, all three phases, man. Things we talked about: offense ran it for over two hundred, threw it for over two hundred. Defense shut twenty-eight down, seventy-seven yards rushing. Had to make a play on seventeen at the end. What we do? Make a play at the end. Make a play at the end. the longest, man. That's how this game is assigned. The most physical football team won today. Can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Hey, Parks, congrats, man. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. And Parks is, and it, this is what I wanted to get to because what Jeff Saturday showed us and what Jeff Saturday did was kind of, look, head coaching in the NFL, it ain't rocket science, right? Like, you can make it happen, especially if you have a good staff, especially if you have a locker room full of guys who are willing to go out there and go to war for you. Uh, Jeff Saturday also is – let's not act like the guy hadn't played the game. Let's not act like the guy wasn't a guy who played with one of the greatest of all time in Peyton Manning. Like, he knows the game. He obviously was well enough to beat those Raiders. And, and above all, I, I point to two things that Jeff Saturday did here, Stone. Number one, delegation. He delegated to a 30-year-old in Parks Frazier who played – that was his first time calling plays in the NFL. No, not the NFL, at any level. At any level. At any level. So his first time calling plays (laughs) outside of the game of Madden um, on video games. Is on the road in Las Vegas against the Raiders team and Josh McDaniels. At Allegiant Stadium against – and again, if if you're going to pick a team in the NFL right now to go up against in your first time calling plays, I mean, I would – 
hand select the Las Vegas Raiders. So good. The two and seven Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> yeah, good. Great choice by him. It was a great platter served up for Parks Frazier. But again, the Colts, their first time averaging seven yards per play all year. So their best offensive output. The offensive line looked good. Defensively, they 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 kind of bottled up the Raiders when they needed to. So number one was delegation. And number two was discernment because Stone, this is the this is the time in which I knew that everything was going to shift for the Colts and they had a real shot on Sunday when I found out that Jeff Saturday, again, very smart guy. He knows the game of football, but beyond all of that, any dummy can walk into that locker room, look at Sam Ellinger, look at Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, former MVP, guy who has led his team to a Super Bowl, or at least a Super Bowl appearance, and he should have probably won it if he would have just been able to hold on to that big-time lead. We won't get into that. But Matt Ryan, a true veteran and a guy who is able to advance an offense down a field in an NFL game, and then you look at the tape of Sam Ellinger and you probably watch him practice, and you know what Jeff Saturday did? He used some discernment. I'm going with the vet, Matt Ryan. I'm going with the guy that gives me a chance to win, and, and that's exactly what they did. Discernment and delegation, and Jeff Saturday is an undefeated head coach in the NFL, Stone. I cannot agree with that more, and I think that I'm right on with you as far as starting Matt Ryan over Sam Ellinger because it's like, what are we doing? right? When he stepped in the facility. I thought they were tanking. Of course, when he stepped <laughs> into the facility and you take a look at Sam Ellinger, you watch some of that tape they've had in practice, whether it's Skelly, which is 7-on-7, seven seven, whether it's these individual drills, or you just sit down with the quarterback coach in general, who I'm sure knows that Matt Ryan should be playing in Parks Frazier. Come on. And it's like, what are we doing here? Because are we trying to lose? And I think you make a decision like that, and everyone in the locker room realizes, okay, we wanted Matt Ryan to play. This guy realized that. Like, that's step one. Right? Yeah. That's how you get on everyone's good side. So you said delegation and then just being a man and making the right decision. But for me, it was most impressive that he didn't step out of his boundaries. Yes. Like, he didn't try to act like somebody he wasn't. I'm sure it was tough to stand in front of that team when you first walked in there because – I mean, we all know it. He probably shouldn't be yeah. leading this team. Yeah, yeah. So for him to step in front of the team and be like, guys, like I know I got catapulted in this situation. But let's not forget, like you had mentioned, I mean, he was a part of the best Colts team that there probably ever was. You're talking about Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, guys like Edgar and James, yeah. Bob Sanders. Like That was Jeff Saturday's squad. Run, yeah. He was a captain. So he has the credibility as far as being a Colt. And then he just didn't step out of his boundaries. Like, his guys realize that he's going to take accountability. He knows this is a weird situation. You have to delegate properly, and it's really impressive. I'm sure he's won every single guy in that locker room over in just a matter of, what, six days? Well, he, he definitely did. And you know what? Speaking of, how about we go to the Paris Campbell, one of the uh, receivers for the Colts who also had a pretty good day out there with Matt Ryan. Paris Campbell, who, again, he's had some turbulent times early on with these Indianapolis Colts in his career a guy who was a, a high draft pick as a receiver who should be a guy, again, every year in fantasy football, people are waiting on him to break out. But also, the Colts have been looking for more production out of him. Paris Campbell just outright raving about his head coach, his new head coach, Jeff Saturday. He's only known the guy for like a week. Here's Paris Campbell after the game. What would you tell your interim head coach tonight, Paris? Hey, like... I'm lost of words, man. Jeff, Jeff, no, seriously, like Jeff, he 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 brought a level of accountability, you know, just this week. Um, that was real, man. Like it was 100% real. And I think every player, every coach, you know, we appreciated that. You know, he's not he's not trying to be anything that he's not. He's just being himself. 
Um, you can see that you know that fiery player that he used to be. You can see it coming back out, and uh, we're just thankful for you know how he approached the week, um, the seriousness that he, he he handled it with, and uh, you know he got his first dub. Quickly, a message to Matt Ryan. What would you tell your quarterback? That's my guy. He knows this. Like me and Matt have had deep conversations, man, for a long time, and uh, you know when when things have happened how they did, you know, with him, uh, you know. It's kind of normal for a guy to kind of get in the dumps and, you know, just turn it off. Um, but he didn't do that. He didn't do that not one bit. Um, he stayed locked in. He stayed engaged. And, I mean, come on. Like, this, this dude is a Hall of Famer one day, man. Like, he's a pro's pro. And um, he stepped up to the bill and um, made some big plays out there today. That's yep. courtesy of uh, Wish uh, News out of Indiana, by the way. Uh, that's Paris Campbell. Stone? Theo, you dropped a quote, you know, that head coaching in the NFL is not rocket science. I mean, this is case in point. So you have a starting wide receiver, a really talented guy in your roster, outright saying that Matt Ryan is his guy, that he's glad for them. When you just hear about him rave about Matt Ryan, how could you possibly have made that decision in weeks prior? No matter how Matt Ryan's playing, like this guy is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like how whoa, could you? Whoa, 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 not not again, not the Matt Ryan Hall Ooh. of Fame talk. Oh, we he's don't not, have to do that. We don't have to get into it. But to me, he like he's at least. Can we at least agree he's not like? A for sure Hall of Famer. He's not a first ballot at all. But he's at, not a at all. Statistically, I'm, he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation because but I don't of think, longevity and because of what he's been able right, to accumulate, right, like numbers right. wise. We can have the Matt Ryan Hall of Fame discussion another day. We'll save that for another day because yeah, this we'll is save about it for seven years later. This is you're right, you're right. But maybe even we get to it beforehand because uh, this is a point of contention. It's been a point of contention for me for the past five six years. Uh, being a guy who's been around Falcons fans, I don't think he's even bordering. Hall of Fame the way other people do. But you know what? It's cool. He If if you could even bring up potential Hall of Famer sure. next to a guy's name, he should probably be starting over Sam Ellinger. We can agree on that. Absolutely. And I just think he went out and did what he had to do. Completed 75% of his passes, 21 mm. to 28, over 200 yards, no turnovers. And he delegated. I, I love that word, delegated, you talked about. But he just gave the ball to all of his guys. Right? Paris makes- Campbell, nine targets. Michael Pittman Jr., nine targets. Like Jonathan Taylor went over 100 yards. I'm sure Jeff Saturday walked in that locker room early on Tuesday and Wednesday was like, we're going to make it a thing to run the ball. Like That's how we're going to win this game. We're going to play good defense and run the ball. Exactly what you'd expect from a center, a Hall of Fame center, (laughs) like Jeff Saturday, but really cool to see for the Colts. And I think if we were to go back, right, and we can on some of these podcasts, and I will like to pull audio, I don't think we clowned the decision. We were more so like worried, like, is this real? We had to make sure that it wasn't fake. And we were rooting for the guy. And if you remember on Saturday – when Jeff Saturday talked to the media, I remember I sent that audio into a group chat with you yep. and Ken. Yep. And Ken responded, wow, it moved. And he's talking about his nether regions. Yes. But it was like yeah, Jeff Saturday got everybody going. He said, I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. right. I'm going to give it everything I got. I, I, I know where I stand. I know I've stolen people's jobs, per se. And he went out and humbly got that victory. It was really, really cool to see. And I guess, everybody, we do owe him an apology. And, and let's do it. I'll lead the show off by example here. Again, this is a day of contrition here <laughs> on Ken Levick Alive, a day where we show remorse and we pin out our apology letters. So I'll lead it off. I'll, I'll, I'll lead the example, show you guys how it's done, and I'll pull up my apology note here. Do we have any melodramatic music I can or find anything some. we can, we no can find so, so I can write this out to Jeff Saturday? I got to do them right here. As you can hear, that's my uh, me getting my papers together here, uh, <laughs> readying my apology. Because again, this is not this is not part of what they teach you in journalism school, right? When you when you're talking head sports guy, you're supposed to throw your takes out there, never take them back, always stand ten toes down on it. 
And again, I didn't want Jeff Saturday to lose, but there was no way I believed he was going to step into that locker room and lead that Colts team, the same team that we had seen the previous eight weeks, the same team that we saw Frank Reich could not get right with. Uh, There was a lot of reason to believe that the Colts would fall flat on their faces with a new guy walking straight out of Bristol, Connecticut into Indianapolis trying to get a win. Let's, Let's get the melodramatic music in. Yes, that's I like that. That sets the mood perfectly. Um, here, let me dip my uh, pen and ink. Yeah, this is the, you see the feather the, on the top pe- of this one here. <laughs> I'm gonna dip it in this old school ink. Here. That take was just so old. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Um, dear Jeff Saturday, comma, and Jim Irsay, I from the bottom of my heart apologize for not believing that you guys could get it done on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Jeff, I overestimated what it took to be in the National Football League as a head coach and lead a team to victory. When you think about the guys in the past who have done it, guys like Hugh Jackson, guys like Bobby Petrino. Oh my God. Rod Marinelli. Urban Meyer, even Adam Gase. Jeff, when I when I think about some of the horrific, incompetent, not really leaders of men who have stepped into NFL locker rooms, stepped into team facilities, have had all of training camp, OTAs, have had full preseasons with teams, and showed incompetence all the way and were able to pull out wins, why wouldn't I think that a guy who's in the ring of honor in Indianapolis. A guy who is one of the most respected sports voices in broadcasting right now, but also one of the most respected guys to ever play in the offensive line in the NFL. Why would I underestimate the talents of you to get those guys? Jonathan Taylor, Matt Ryan, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, and lead them. Quentin Nelson. Uh, Quentin Nelson. Don't forget about him. Come on, that's a Hall of Famer right there. Get his gold jacket ready. If there's a tailor here in Palm Beach County, you need to start, you know, doing whatever you do. Get the, the needles, the threads. Get that guy's gold jacket ready because he he he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to Canton. And who's to say that Jeff Saturday, who again, he got the job. Yeah, yeah. So what he's he best friend with Jim Ersay, the owner of the Colts. Right? So what the guy has been spending most of his time watching NFL games on TV and speaking about them the same way that we do over the airwaves. He deserved the job, and he got it done against the Las Vegas Raiders. So Jeff Saturday, Jim Ursay, Colts Nation, and even you, Matt Ryan, from the bottom of my heart, I come to you with full contrition, and I just ask you, please, please forgive me for not believing in you. Sincerely, with love, peace, and with remorse, Big Teddy. I do not think you could have done it any better than that. Yes, yes. I'm signing that up. I'm folding it. Um, we're going to get, Can we? I'm going to get an intern in here to get me a stamp. We're going to send this thing on off to Indianapolis to make sure that gets to Jeff Saturday. Mm. And you know what else I'm going to do? 
I'm going to allow for you. I, I know as you heard that that uh, apology from the bottom of my heart, you want to give out your sports apologies as well. So I'm going to allow you that same platform. Is there any kind of player that you maybe gave up on too soon? Is there any team that you wrote off before they showed you that they didn't write back? Geno Smith, maybe. Anybody out there that you want to give your sports apology to, it's your time. I'm giving you the platform here on Ken LaVica Live. Ken LaVica is out. You know, he would never be the type to apologize, but we here, now that it's Theo Dorsey, Stone LeBannon, which we're giving you that opportunity, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Who do you want to uh, make things right with right now and give a deep, sincere apology to because maybe you just didn't have it right. Maybe you rushed to judgment, and this is your chance now to alleviate any of that. Stone, I think it was two weeks ago or so here on Ken Levicka Live that you shared your disappointment with the man who sports the number 12 on his back yeah. out at Lambeau Field. And I know that it hurt you. I, I remember that day. I was sitting right over here. I was sitting right over here. Ken was in the seat I'm in right now. And as you sat behind the, the you know the desk there, behind your microphone, you were taking callers, you were you were doing your thing on the ones and twos. You didn't want to do it. You were kind of biting your tongue, and then you showed your discontentment with the play of Aaron Rodgers. Is there anything? I don't know who your sports apology is going to. And again, you can call in 888-760-3776 to give your sports apology to whoever you may have offended. Stone. I don't want to lead you into one or force you into doing so, but is there anybody that you particularly want to give a sports apology to? So I'll get to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Mm, he could wait. But yeah, he can most definitely wait. But there's one person and there's one man that I think I need to apologize to. That one person is Tua Tunga Vailoa, and mm. that one man is Ken Lavica. Now I'm only apologizing because he's not here today. We will hear from him <laughs> earlier. And if he was here, it'd be two hours nonstop yeah. of these Miami Dolphins to attack by Lord. How how incredibly oh like, my God. ridiculous would Ken be today? Oh my God. If he was in. If he wasn't forced to be in his car driving on his <laughs> way to Gainesville, how ridiculous would he be right now? I'm kind of upset that he doesn't have the the platform here to do it today. Yeah. Because he is president of the Tuatunga Bailoa fan club yes. in the Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. So he'd be having his day, but we're gonna hear from him later. You know, I'll, in the I'll second see, hour. Let's let's get him we'll get him in there. We'll For get him sure. in to have his uh, but, parade. But last week, we talked about the 2020 quarterback class, right? And we said, who would you take right now? Mm. And I remember my list. It was Joe Burrow at the number one spot. It was Jalen Hurts at the number two spot. Then it was Tua Tungvaluwa at three and Justin Herbert at four. No, no, no. I think you had Tua fourth. I remember that. I think <sighs> I, you had Tua I, fourth. I, don't do that because I most definitely did not have right. Tua at okay. the four spot. I, we might have to go back to the podcast on that one, too, but we'll if see. If I did have him at the four spot, then I'm very <laughs> happy with my decision to apologize. Because what we saw yesterday, right, them just putting up nearly 40 points in the fashion that they did it right at home, in the sun, at the crib, in front of those fans, the numbers that he's putting up are just absolutely ridiculous. And I know Joe Burrow didn't play, right? He had his bye week, so you really couldn't compare. And the Eagles play tonight. Justin Herbert took a loss last night. Like, what Tua's been able to do with these guys, right? You bring in Jeff Wilson, you bring in a running back from San Francisco, and all of a sudden it's a difference maker. Well, it has nothing to do with Jeff Wilson. It has everything to do with this offense, what Tua does, how you have to be afraid, right, of these play-action plays, some of the RPOs they have going. But I just want to run down some of these statistics that I guess I neglected 
last week. But when you talk about where he ranks this season, passer rating, that would be in the one spot. Mm. Touchdown-interception ratio, which is usually held by a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah not this year. Nope. Tied for first is Tua Tungabailoa at 18-3. and three. Mm. Yards per attempt, right? Oh, he just chunks it five yards. Yeah, Stephen dink and a, dunk. Stephen A. Smith had the audacity this morning to get on and say that it's not that hard when you can throw passes five yards down the field and your guys can take it 20, oh 30 into God. the half. I mean, it just shows that you're not even watching these football games. Yards per attempt, that's 9.1. That's first place for Tua Tungabailoa. Yeah. I could keep going. So here's really where I – this is where I have to do my apology. Highest passer rating in NFL history by a third-year QB. So that includes some of those 2020 draft class guys, right? Tua Tungabailoa at 118. That would be at number one. Number two is Jalen Hurts. Number three is Josh Allen. Mm. So with guys who have been doing it for just as long, and honestly, two has done it in less games, and you could say, yeah, that's why he would have some of these numbers, but at the same time, no, because he is 14-1 and one yes. in his last 15 games. And perfect this season in games he started <laughs> and finished. Perfect. Here's some more for you. Passer rating first. Talked about that. Third down passer rating first. Fourth down passer rating first, which is a big Ooh. stat in today's NFL. Right? Yes. We saw the Dallas Cowboys just go for fourth every single time. It even cost them the game. Who's first in that category? That would be Tua Tungvaluwa. Red zone, dead zone passer rating. Where's he mm. ranked number one? These guys score mm. every time they go. They didn't even punt yesterday. Or if they did, it was once or twice. I do not remember the exact stat, but they don't punt <laughs> yes. anymore. They don't punt much. They end their drives with a kick, whether it is a field goal, a PAT, or a kickoff. These guys are getting it done. Yards per attempt, I already talked about him, number one. He's the first player in NFL history to have 135-plus passer rating in three consecutive games. So this kid, this kid, who I believe is my age, is, is setting history. Mm. Like he's doing stuff that's never been done before. Jalen Hurts, yeah, he has the you know capability to go undefeated and do something no one's ever done before. Joe Burrow has been somewhat average. He was I, in the Super Bowl last year, but this sure, year. Sure, yeah. and then Justin Herbert, we've seen where he lacks, right? He just hasn't been able to, I guess, exceed expectations. He hasn't so, been able to win games. He just hasn't been able to win games. And San Francisco's not a team that they're expected yeah. to beat, right? They were big underdogs, I think seven points in that game. But still, I think when I ranked these guys, I was being stubborn. And then when I saw... Him just dicing up that Cleveland defense with my eyes. I, I was at that game at Hard Rock Stadium, and I, when I watched that crowd, just kind of, I, I was there for the MVP chance. Yeah. I was like, damn, I have to apologize. Like, this this team is 7-3. They have sole possession of first place in the AFC East. Whew. They were half a game up on the Buffalo Bills, who are still plus 300 to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Being third in their own division right now. Like, with all this going on, we have to give this guy his flowers. So, I... Give my apology to Tua Tungavailoa and where I ranked him in that 2020 draft class because right now, I mean, you just can't argue that he's not playing as if he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He he feels it, and still, every single day, every time you turn on, whether it be ESPN or Fox Sports or you hop on Twitter and you see people talk about it, all of the discourse around the Dolphins, there's always some way that people find to undercut the accomplishments of Tua Tungavailoa or the Dolphins in general. And I just wonder, Stone, when does it end? Like, how, what does he – because for you, 
you this is it. This is the mark of it this is. is the point of it demarcation is. where you decided, okay, he's shown me enough. Because you can't stop the offense. You can't stop them, like, right? If if teams did slow them down, I would halt on my apology. But you can't touch these guys. There's nothing you can do. Dan Orlovsky said it and we'll hear from him. Yeah. As a defensive coordinator, this is obviously the team you fear the most. Like that's undeniable at this point. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're, let's, we can get to that Dan Orlovsky sound after the break, actually, and I'm going to give people another chance to call in and give their sports apology because I like the fact that even as a young man, as a young man, Stone Labanowicz, you were able to own up yeah, to it had to. and confess that you were probably wrong about Tua and these Dolphins. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's the number you can use to call in to Ken Levick Alive and pin your own sports apology to a team, to a coach, maybe an owner of a team, maybe a front office. Heck, maybe it even is a fan base that you might have ridiculed. You maybe you know stepped over the line a little bit here, and you want them to know that you feel contrite. You want them to know that you are not going to make the same mistake that Kyrie Irving did and not apologize too soon. Ooh, was that too soon? I don't know. But we'll be here on Ken Levick Alive. Ken is out, but we'll have him on later. For Stone Labanowitz, I'm Theo Dorsey. We're taking your sports apologies, 888-760-3776, and we're live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. And it's a big Teddy takeover on a Monday, on a Monday where we're making amends. We're making amends with our sports takes. Uh, You can make your amends with any coach, any player, any team, any fan base, anybody that you feel like you just just got it wrong. And we're also taking them over Twitter as well. You can call in 888-760-3776. Here's one from Chris Campbell on Twitter. He says, I apologize to Jimbo Fisher for criticizing him for leaving FSU. Huh. I was wrong thinking he was a better coach than he really is. He had us in the first half, Stone. You're damn right he had us in the first half. That's a really good call by Chris because they were without so many starters, and boy, did they take a licking from this Florida Gator team. Hey, look, it is a uh, – I remember – when people were running Jimbo out or he was trying to evade and then there was all of that, you know, you know, dissension between him and the fan base and he goes to Texas A&M, he takes the big bag. A&M has the best recruiting class of all time. Like, the roller coaster of emotions between Jimbo Fisher and um, and, and Knowles fans between the day he left and now is just, I mean, I don't even know which turn it's taking next. Yeah, and we know how severe SEC fans are. And if uh, you remember, because I know a lot of people do months ago on Paul Feinbaum's show, there was a caller that had called in and said, yes. we owe this guy $90 million, right? $90 million if we were to cut him right now and let him loose. But a hitman Oof. costs less than that. A hitman is cheaper than that $90 million. So, like, these guys are done with yeah. him. And I don't want to say there's merit behind that take because he's a damn good coach. But what he's doing right now to the Aggies is not okay. The quarterbacks that he's starting out there are not good enough to win games in the SEC, let alone compete at a very high level. So, Jim Fisher, that's a really good take from Chris Campbell there. Love it. They say cheaper to keep her. That fan was saying cheaper to kill him. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't it. know. It's literally yeah. Either way, it was illegal. And that was, uh, I appreciate the apology here from. From uh, as backhanded as it might be from Chris Campbell on Jimbo Fisher, who the Knowles actually feeling good. Canes fans should be feeling good after this weekend as well. But you know who is on an all-time high? It's Dolphins fans. 
including Ken Levick, who can't be here to um, be the uh, the head of the parade here. So yeah. instead, we'll have to do a bit of it for him right now. And I want to get to it because just before the break, Stone, you, you owned up to it as a man. And you said, you know, full-breathedly, if that's even a word, that you apologize to Tua Tungavailoa yep. and these Miami Dolphins, who are first place in their division with, again, the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills, who beat the Bills already this year. Yep. And Tua has yet to lose a game that he has started and finished. That offense looks unstoppable. We're not the only ones that think that offense looks unstoppable. Dan Orlowski was on first take, and he had um, even higher praises than even I or Stone could heap onto Tua Tungavailoa. Here's Dan Orlowski saying maybe there's three letters that could be next to Tua's name. Should he be at the top of the MVP combo at this point? Absolutely, right with Patrick Mahomes. Those guys are one and one. Yeah. And I'm gonna hunt down all the people who told me to have sucked, like Denzel in, in Man on Fire. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna fi- find you guys and make sure that <laughs> you realize all you guys were wrong. The way that Tua is playing right now is off the charts. He's neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes as the MVP. He leads the NFL in basically every category. He's got yeah. the best QBR in the NFL. He's actually got a passer rating of over 135 for three straight games. You know how many people have done that in the history of the NFL? One, Tua. The only guy to ever do that. Find me a scarier offense right now to play in outside of maybe Kansas City. The ball comes out of his hand so quickly. He's distributing it. The accuracy, the timing, the touch, the placement of the throws is as good as we've seen Candace since Drew Brees. Prime Drew Brees. That's what this looks like right now. And I, I'm telling you, everybody, well, ask Ryan when he comes on next hour. This is, this, there's no defensive coordinator that is not fearing playing against this offense. And it's because of Tua. He's playing as good as you can play, and it's him and Patrick Holmes right now for MVP. Well, for me, it's Mahomes. I had to just let yeah. Stephen A. get his. For me, it's Mahomes. Of course. I'm cool with that, Chiefs Kingdom. Let's ride. <laughs> um, when I think of what Tua is doing right now, and especially now that we're this deep into the NFL season, it just reminds me of my guy, Mike Jones. You know, I'm a Houston guy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the 2A1, and, you know, it just reminds me of Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot, they all on me. <laughs> We've been saying, and, and I know you haven't been as much on it. Ken has been all over it, but me, as an innocent bystander, as an objective observer um, from Chiefs Kingdom, where all things are fine, the water is always calm. I've been saying, what is it that people have against Tua Tungavailoa? Why do people want him to fail? Why, when he succeeds, do people try and poke holes in every part of his game, even through the wins that he continues to pile up for the Dolphins, even before this season? And yet again, Tua is doing it, but this time now at an all-time level, he's finally has the full confidence of his head coach. He finally has a full complement of weapons around him, and he's done nothing but what we kind of saw him do at Alabama when he had a full complement of weapons around him and a good head coach that believed in him. Tua Tungavailoa is a legit MVP candidate, and for it to take this long for there to be buy-in at least more buy-in, it, it's kind of like, again, it's starting to feel personal. I don't get it. It is starting to feel personal, and Dan Orlovsky mentioned receipts, right? He's going to find everybody. You can go on Twitter right now and give at Finn's receipts yeah. a follow <laughs> because it's a Dolphins fan account now increasing the followers day by day. They're up to 5,000, but they post at least 20 times a day. National media syndicates just absolutely dogging Tua. <laughs> so at Finn's receipts, if you're a Dolphins fan, one of the best follows going right now. Let's talk about that MVP. So your boy Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. 
leads with plus 130 odds to win the Super Bowl. Behind him at plus well, 375. To win the MVP. I apologize. Yeah. To win the MVP. Behind him at plus 375, that's Jalen Hurts in the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Take a loss, I'm sure that number goes way up. Third on this list to win the most valuable player in the National Football League is Tua Tungvaluwa at plus 400. Mm. Now, to a lot, that's value, and I think rightfully so. If they can get over those bills in Buffalo later on in the season, I think this guy solidifies himself as the MVP. Now, Patty has to take a loss, right? This Chiefs has to regress if he wants to move up there, but he's a legitimate contender at this point. Ken calls him the most divisive player yeah. that the NFL seen in the past decade, and I have not disagreed with it once. No matter what he does, he takes the wrong step left, takes the wrong step right, Throws a dirt ball. If he were to throw that interception that Josh Allen ended the game on against Minnesota last night, the media, social media, TV, yeah, we, everybody would have killed him. him. We, we would have cooked him. We would have said, this is why he's not a great player. But guys like Josh Allen do it. These costly turnovers. Patrick Mahomes had a really, really ugly turnover yesterday trying to do too much, yeah. right? trying to escape the pocket and just elongate these plays, which is one of his strengths, but ends up turning the ball over. Tua doesn't do that. Yesterday watching this game, and Dan Rolovsky hinted at it. The ball gets out so fast. The quick game that Mike McDaniel has implemented into this offense is lethal. To the point where I was watching Miles Garrett as if he was playing in a Pro Bowl yesterday. Because yeah. of how fast Tua gets the ball out, Like their quick game offense is so disgusting because you have to play man. But at the same time, you can't because there are too many guys to take the top off. So defenses are struggling. Miles Garrett wasn't even rushing the passer he was out there. I bet he wanted to sit on the bench and not even go out there because he knew he did not have enough time to get to the quarterback, no matter who was blocking him, yeah. because Tua gets the ball out so fast. This team's disgusting right now. It neutralizes the pass yeah. rush, and it also, I mean, that, that Dolphins offensive line still isn't right. How, uh, how about it, though? <laughs> it how about it? Right. It looked all right. But they're able to run the ball effectively yep. behind that line. Tua's able to have just enough time that he needs to get the ball out, and that offense is clicking. I I... I I was one of two. We have the you know the Dolphins pick we do every week, and I was on a roll. I think I had won the past two weeks in a row. Yeah, and I was one of two to pick against the Dolphins, picking the Browns, and I did it just because number one, I just figured you know they they got to lose at some point with Tua starting, and I felt foolish. I felt foolish like two <laughs> drives into the game. I was like, oh, the Dolphins are about to blow the Browns out. Like, what the hell was I thinking? I tried to go too big brain there for sure. For sure. And I think you were probably feeling good after the first drive. The Browns drove right yeah, down yeah. the field, yeah. went up a quick seven love. Shout out Harrison Bryant, FAU. Yes, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. And when they did score that, I do want to shout out Kenlevica on Twitter because he was talking about embarrassing, awful. Like he was like already on that negative train. And I was a little worried well, too. The Dolphins defense has not been. Oh my good. God, it's abysmal. Yeah. It's abysmal. And, and that was part of my thinking was that the Browns will be able to control the clock. Sure. March it down the field. Jacoby Brissett has not been bad this year. He's not been good. But he had been adequate enough. There were games where he was connecting with Amari Cooper and and, and uh, Hunter Br- or Hunter Bryant, and I, I don't know why I almost called him Austin Hooper. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Hunter Bryant and, and and really Nick Chubb has controlled a lot of these games for the Browns for sure throughout the year. So I just I was like, you know what? It's a random Sunday. It's a random homecoming for Jacoby Brissett, a revenge game. He was just starting games for the Dolphins last year. Why not go against the grain? Say the Browns will win. And you're right. The first drive looked good, and then no drives after that. Yeah, so I picked it 35-32, to 32, thinking that this defense was going to give up a lot more points yeah. than they did. But a lot of the times, offense is defense, especially in the NFL. Because if you're a quarterback on the opposing team and you have to jog out on the field when you know the other team hasn't punted and yeah. they're going to score, 
you turn into a superhero. You feel like you have to convert these third and longs, that you have to fit these balls into small windows, and that's where Jacoby Brissett found himself. Yeah. Down on the scoreboard, knowing that that high-octane offense the Miami Dolphins possess are going to score every single drive. So at that point, like you start to play a little worse. You start to make these weird decisions trying mm. to play superhero ball. So a lot of the times, offense is defense. Defense has so many holes in it. We're missing a lot of guys in the secondary. This linebacking core is not at all what we anticipated it to be. Just nothing you can do to stop this Miami Dolphins train right now. You know what? And I love that point you made, the, the offense becoming defense for the Dolphins. And you know what it reminds me of? A Palm Beach County resident. That bad man who, when, <laughs> when he throws that red polo on, on a Sunday, I mean, it's not happening anytime soon, but nope. we've seen it happen time and time again. The Tiger Woods effect of being on a Sunday in the red polo hunting down. In golf, it's an individual sport. You're not technically playing against a guy. You're playing against the hole. You're playing against yourself. But there always felt like there was that effect, that aura that Tiger Woods had that would impact other golfers' games. And you're saying, Tua, not Patrick Mahomes, not Josh Allen, not Justin Herbert, because those are the guys we usually hear have that effect on opposing play callers and opposing quarterbacks. You're saying now Tua and the Dolphins have that effect? I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing. For sure. And I love the Tiger Woods effect analogy because let's just put it into perspective. Let's imagine that Tua is Tiger Woods in this hypothetical <laughs> and Josh Allen is, per se, DJ Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, yeah. John Rahm, these guys who are at the top of the game as well, Scotty Scheffler. Like, when the Dolphins travel up to Buffalo and take on the Bills... Josh Allen is going to be the one who has the pressure on him. Two in the Dolphins already are up 1-0 in that head-to-head. Like they go into that game. And with they have a better record. Right? A way better record. Yeah. In the, well, well, not half way a, better. It's ha- half a game up. But they're the one going into that game when kickoff comes with confidence, playing with nothing to lose. Josh Allen, therefore, has the pressure on his shoulders. That's the Tiger Woods effect. I'm going to keep using it for this Dolphins team right now because you can't stop this offense and you can't think that you're ever going to at any point in the game where you'll find yourself down 14, 21 points. Or or you could be like the Ravens up 21 in the fourth, and then the offense just goes bananas. That This is one of the scarier units in, in all of the NFL. There's like the Cowboys pass rush. There's the Eagles defense. and the whole, Chiefs offense. The Chiefs offense. I think the Dolphins are like a top five overall unit in the NFL. No, I love that. I and, love that. Yeah, and it is it is it's something to see. It's a spectacle. Honestly, it's one of the more fun watches on a day-to-day. Like, of course, I'm watching Dolphins games because I know we're going to talk about them here on Ken Levick Alive and we're here in South Florida. Sure. But it's not like it's not agony at all. Like I, I love watching the Dolphins play football right now, especially because their defense allows a lot of big plays too. It's fun stuff. <laughs> a lot of explosive plays. <laughs> Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are putting up historic numbers. They lead the league as a duo. Yeah. In just a season after where we were flaunting Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, where we were flaunting these wide receiver tandems. Yeah, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. You know, and then fast forward to 2022, we're approaching Thanksgiving, and it's Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, not only by a small margin, but a landslide when it yeah. comes to yards, touchdowns, receptions. Like, they're just taking the league by storm. They are, man. It, it's been a... um. It's been somewhat of a rampage, an avalanche of offense out of the Dolphins. 39 points uh, yesterday afternoon at Hard Rock Stadium over the Browns, and they get the Texans next. <laughs> at uh, Oh, yeah, that'll be in Miami as well. Mm, mm. So uh, if you think that it's stopping anytime soon, uh, just hold on to your boots. Hold on to your boots. Uh, Stone, I, I do want to give you the platform to give your sports apology to Aaron Rodgers. 
Um, I do want to give you your chance to maybe give back some flowers to him, the flowers that you've been giving him his whole career. So we'll do that when we come back here on Ken Levick Alive. Again, we're taking your sports apologies, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. We're taking your sports apologies here on Ken Levick Alive. But before you give your apology, maybe you want to take care of yourself Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Well, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. That's a lot of care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We're taking your sports apologies. It is a Monday of contrition here on Ken Levick Alive. For Stone Labanowitz, I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live here on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Stone, I got to be honest with you, man. I have a bad feeling about tonight. I have a, a weird feeling in my tummy Do you? about tonight. Monday Night Football, the Eagles and the Commanders. This It, it has all of the makings of what the hell just happened um, I don't know, man. Do you feel do you feel similarly about this? Obviously, the Eagles undefeated. Jalen Hurts, an MVP candidate, second best odds right now. That defense so stifling. The Commanders have no reason to be in this game tonight. And the Eagles, I don't know. I just I have a weird feeling. I hear you. So since 2003, double-digit favorites on Monday Night Football have gone 13, 30, and two. So as far as covering this 11-point spread. I'd be weary of that. About covering. But, yeah. Yeah. But as far as losing outright to this Washington team with Taylor Heineke at the helm, I'll have to see it to believe it. Yeah. But for your weird feeling, I don't think I share that necessarily. These Dolphins, I mean, I apologize. These Eagles right now are also one of the Mack trucks in the league. So yeah. I don't feel that same thing as you do, but I wouldn't be utterly shocked. Right, I mean, these guys are undefeated. They're bound to lose at some point. Yeah, it's a it's a divisional game. Yeah, it's a prime time game, and it's also, I mean, it's a spot we haven't seen Jalen Hurts technically in yet. I mean, I know they had the Texans Thursday night game. Um, that's a little bit different because the Texans are literally tanking. The the Commanders believe they can they can fight for a wild card spot. I mean, that NFC East race is tight. Eight and zero Eagles, seven and two Giants, <laughs> seven and two Giants. Doesn't I even say sound that right. Twice. That's incredible. What is this like? Two thousand and seven. Uh, the six and three Cowboys, and then the four and five Commanders. So if the Commanders win, there would be no teams with a losing record in the NFC East. Meanwhile, um, in the uh, what is that? I guess every other every other uh, comp or division is solid. They have at least one team. I guess, meanwhile, in the NFC South, there's no team with a winning record. And then you go to the AFC East, uh, there's also no team with a losing record. The the Patriots, the New England Patriots, who I wrote off as dead like two weeks into the season, they're actually 5-4, and four, Stone. They're actually 5-4. and four. 
in the cellar of the AFC East. And this is, I won't say typical New England Patriots because they're usually at the top of the division, yeah. but it's typical for them to be around and always be a threat. Just hanging around. Just hanging around. Dangerously like, looming. You can <laughs> trust that they're going to perform when it matters most in some of these big games, but beating the teams that are on their level, that's what they struggle with. But yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, when they're a dog, I would... Uh, I think they're always live. Like yeah. They're always a team that you can find some value in. They're scary, of course. Yeah, yep. Uh, I'm ready for Zappy Hour again. Uh, I'm also <laughs> ready for y'all to continue to give your sports apologies. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776 to give your sports apologies. And we got Big Homie, Big Homie here on Ken Levicka Live. First off, Big Homie, how you feeling today? And do you have a apology you want to write out to anybody in sports? I ain't got no apology for nobody. <laughs> The Philadelphia Eagles are eight and zero, and I'm tired of hearing this blasphemy. Y'all talking about all of this and that. You got a feel, you you got a feeling. You need to go to the bathroom. That, that's the <laughs> feeling. Um, because that's the only thing that's gonna be upset tonight. The Philadelphia Eagles are eight and zero. Y'all want to make the NFL into the BCS? Let's not forget the Philadelphia Eagles were smoking that Vikings pack, twenty four to seven earlier right. this. Mm. All right. Look. So if y'all want to crown somebody, crown Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I got a feeling we're going to cover tonight. But, big homie, look, just on Friday I made the prediction that the Eagles are going to run the table in the regular season and go undefeated. I'm not saying the Eagles lose it. I'm just – I have a weird feeling with these divisional games on primetime uh, television, dog. Like, you don't – so you're 100% confident that the Eagles will win and not just win but cover tonight on, on – Win uh, big. Win big. I'm talking about two touchdowns. Man. You know what? I like the confidence. I like the confidence. I love it. And you don't have any apologies, man. No, no, no. You're not sorry for anything right now. No apologies. Yeah, I'm sorry that you guys believed in uh, the Miami Hurricanes this year. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. relax. Love <laughs> <laughs> um, y'all. Appreciate the call, big homie. Yeah, get him out of here, Stone. Get him out of here. The Canes, by the way, coming off a big win over Georgia Tech. Big win. Maybe some nice money at plus 100 against a sorry Georgia Tech team. Really yeah. good for the brand. Started like 13 freshmen. Ja'Kai Brown with his first collegiate start. You might owe him an apology, done. Stone. You were just you were just talking down on Ja'Kai Brown. For sure. I did not want him <laughs> at all to start this game. I would have rather anybody. A Jake Garcia. A yeah. banged up Tyler Van Dyke. But hey, he went and got it done. The defense played really well. Cam Kitchen with three interceptions. One of them a 99-yard pick six. Come on. So any Canes fans out there is feeling pretty good about, I guess, the future of this team. Yeah, I just hope they can hold on to some of those recruits. I also hope that they can find a win between this next week against Clemson and the final week of the season against Pitt because I do not feel like hearing anything about how the Canes missed the bowl game in Mario Cristobal's debut season. That yeah. would be terrible. There's still life. There's still life. You gotta get you gotta get one of these in the bag to to kind of keep those. those is Clemson possible, Stone? Be, it, is it possible? This Clemson team looks like they're in the midst of figuring it out. Right? Yeah. They don't know who their starting quarterback is. They're really hesitant on benching their big man DJ at yeah. the quarterback position. Well, Young Yeah, it's really tough to say that last. I know. Time, so it I try is. to avoid it. I was I was practicing it at ACC kickoff <laughs> only for him to snub me uh -huh. on the interview. Him and Davo Sweeney. That's why I'm glad they're still figuring it out because they snubbed me on the interview at ACC kickoff in Uptown Charlotte. I'll never forget that. Yeah, and the committee is still holding him at that 10 spot just because of the name, the brand, Dabo, and the rest of the the gang, that mafia that they have. But ah, is it possible? Not at all. Right, we're starting a bunch of freshmen out there. A lot of the guys who we thought were going to be impact players are on the bench now because they're soon to hit the transfer portal. Yeah. Even Jake Garcia, one of the backup quarterbacks, he's a guarantee to hit the transfer portal. This team also in the Hurricanes, as we know, is figuring it out. So, no, I don't think they have any chance against Clemson. But, Theo, 
The big homie came on and said he didn't have any apologies. Didn't want to take anything back. Any takes that he had. He's probably nervous, but I do want to do a quick Green Bay Packers one and Aaron Rodgers. Yes, yes. So we saw what happened, right? They went down 28-14 in that fourth quarter and in true over. fashion at Lambeau. And he thought it was over and he spoke about it. But post-game, the 60-second clip of him talking on Fox about what this game meant, kind of just initial reactions. Aaron Rodgers, as much as we hate on some of the outlandish things that he said, he hits every single key point here. This is him post-31-28 victory over the Cowboys. Aaron, you walked over, you pointed at the scoreboard, and you said, we won. Why? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a tough six weeks. Uh, so proud of these guys. A lot of, a lot of people wrote us off, for sure. And with good merit. But there's a lot of pride still. This is starting to be Lambeau Field weather. And we knew we needed to get this game so that we didn't uh, lose the faith of the fans or the guys in that locker room. Down 14 in the fourth quarter. What was the turning point in this game for this offense? There were a lot of big plays. I'm really proud of Christian. He dropped his first two and then came back to him a bunch. I think that over-the-shoulder catch exercised a lot of demons. So really proud of him. And then crunch time, you go to your big-time players. Allen, you know, with a great catch and run for us. Jones, the offensive line. A.J. Dillon, big plays for us. Rudy Ford, two picks. This was the kind of win that we needed. Didn't look great in 28-14, but, you know, and the crowd wasn't quite into it like it usually is. But hopefully we gave them something to believe in today. Listen, Theo, the Packers have to win at least five out of seven games to have a chance to make the playoffs. Mm. Just anybody who's capable, we know it's the back-to-back MVP and Aaron Rodgers. He said it earlier this week. Forget, I'm a back-to-back reigning MVP in this National Football League. Like, I'm him. I've been him. He went out and did his thing last night. They're 4-6. and six. I think they showed a lot of fight to beat a really good Cowboys team. Cannot believe I almost stepped off the train yeah. that I've been riding for decades. I'm only 24 years old, and ever since I was 10, 11, 12 years old, I've been rocking with the guy. Number 12, my goat, Aaron Rodgers. So I apologize, most importantly, to him and the Green Bay Packers. It, it is a well-deserved apology after they, they did it against a good and elite Cowboys defense. And the road ahead doesn't get much easier. Two really good defenses um, next up for the Packers, a Thursday night game at Lambeau against the Titans. And then they get to see big homies Eagles oh, at Lincoln Financial God. on November the 27th. That'll be Sunday night football as well. So Cannot wait for that. If, um, if Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers wins a- after beating the Cowboys, right, who are trying to edge with the, the Eagles to try and get back in the first place potentially – after beating that Cowboys defense the way he did in the comeback fashion, if he can find a way to, on Amazon Prime Video, Ooh. beat the Titans at Lambeau, again, getting cold at Lambeau, it's a different environment. At Lambeau weather. And then went on Sunday Night Football at the Eagles in Philadelphia to derail their perfect season, I think, look, I, I don't see it happening. But if those two things do happen following this comeback win over the Cowboys, man, the discourse around Aaron Rodgers is going to change swiftly. <laughs> yeah, momentum's the real thing. Yo, before we get to break, this was one of the coolest things that I had seen. So this was Anthony Davis last night after dropping 37 on Kevin Durant and the Nets in a 116-105 to 105 victory. Yeah. yeah, I did watch every single second of that game. Nice. No, I did not think they were going to win that game. Love to see it. Austin Reeves, <laughs> Russ came off the bench, played well. Ooh, Austin Reeves. We saw Lonnie Austin Walker. Austin Reeves alert. <laughs> Lonnie Chill Walker. Out. Lonnie Walker went out and dropped 24. Anthony Davis, 37, and a really big win over the Nets. But yeah. it was a quote 
from Anthony Davis, and he said, I was watching the Packers game. Oh, I knew it. Aaron Rodgers threw a slant to Alan Lazard. He ran for like 40 yards, and he started screaming, flexing, and all that. And it got me really motivated before the game, just trying to dominate, be dominant like Aaron Rodgers. That was Anthony Davis on how the real 12 inspired him. Like, I just thought it was really cool to see it all coming together. You talked about if they beat the Eagles. The momentum is right on the Packers' side, and I dare say that they won one out of their last six games. Yeah. But if they can manage to pick up some wins that they shouldn't, per se, or wouldn't be favored in those games, yeah, I think this team's scary. It'll be a mugged-up game on Thursday Night Football, especially short week for the Packers against those Titans who just love roughing it up. They just love getting real, and I, I witnessed that when they played my Chiefs. Uh, we'll get back, take some of your uh, sports apologies as well as we'll bring in the man, Ken Lavica back to his show, who is, again, on the road to Gainesville to call that FAU game against the Gators. So get your sports apologies ready, 888-760-3776, and prepare to hear from Ken as he continues to drive the parade for Tua Tungavailoa and those Miami Dolphins. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. And it's a big Teddy takeover on a Monday, on a Monday where we're making amends. We're making amends with our sports takes. Uh, you can make your amends with any coach, any player, any team, any fan base, anybody that you feel like you just you just got it wrong. And we're also taking them over Twitter as well. You can call in 888-760-3776. Here's one from Chris Campbell on Twitter. He says, I apologize to Jimbo Fisher for criticizing him for leaving FSU. Huh. I was wrong thinking he was a better coach than he really is. He had us in the first half, Stone. You're damn right he had us in the first half. That's a really good call by Chris because they were without so many starters, and boy, did they take a licking yeah. from this Florida Gator team. Hey, look, it is a uh, – It. I remember – when people were running Jimbo out or he was trying to evade and then there was all of that, you know, you know, dissension between him and the fan base and he goes to Texas A&M, he takes the big bag. A&M has the best recruiting class of all time. Like the roller coaster of emotions between Jimbo Fisher and um and and Knowles fans between the day he left and now is just I mean, I don't even know which turn it's taking next. Yeah, and we know how severe SEC fans are. And if uh, you remember, because I know a lot of people do months ago on Paul Feinbaum's show, there was a caller that had called in and said, yes. we owe this guy $90 million, right? $90 million if we were to cut him right now and let him loose. But a hitman Oof. costs less than that. A hitman is cheaper than that $90 million. So, like, these guys are done with yeah. him. And I don't want to say there's merit behind that take because he's a damn good coach. But what he's doing right now to the Aggies is not okay. The quarterbacks that he's starting out there are not good enough to win games in the SEC, let alone compete at a very high level. So, Jim Fisher, that's a really good take from Chris Campbell there. Love it. They say cheaper to keep her. That fan was saying cheaper to kill him. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's I don't know. That's little yet. Either way, it was illegal. And that was, uh, I appreciate the apology here from. From uh, as backhanded as it might be from Chris Campbell on Jimbo Fisher, who the Knowles actually feeling good. Canes fans should be feeling good after this weekend as well. But you know who is on an all-time high? It's Dolphins fans, including Ken Levick, who can't be here to um, be the uh, the head of the parade here. So yeah. instead, we'll have to do a bit of it for him right now. And I want to get to it because just before the break, Stone, you, you owned up to it as a man. 
and you said, you know, full-breathedly, if that's even a word, that you apologize to Tua Tungavailoa yep. and these Miami Dolphins who are first place in their division with, again, the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills who beat the Bills already this year, yep. and Tua has yet to lose a game that he has started and finished that offense looks unstoppable. We're not the only ones that think that offense looks unstoppable. Dan Orlowski was on first take, and he had um, even higher praises than even I or Stone could heap onto Tua Tungavailoa. Here's Dan Orlowski saying maybe there's three letters that could be next to Tua's name. Should he be at the top of the MVP combo at this point? Absolutely, right with Patrick Mahomes. Those guys are one and one. Yeah. And I'm going to hunt down all the people who told me Tua sucked, like Denzel in, in Man on Fire. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fi- find you guys and make sure that <laughs> you realize all you guys were wrong. The way that Tua is playing right now is off the charts. He's neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes as the MVP. He leads the NFL in basically every category. He's got yeah. the best QBR in the NFL. He's actually got a passer rating of over 135 for three straight games. You know how many people have done that in the history of the NFL? One, Tua. The only guy to ever do that. Find me a scarier offense right now to play in outside of maybe Kansas City. The ball comes out of his hand so quickly. He's distributing it. The accuracy, the timing, the touch, the placement of the throws is as good as we've seen Candelise and Drew Brees. Prime Drew Brees. That's what this looks like right now. And I, I'm telling you, everybody, well, ask Ryan when he comes on next hour. This is, this, there's no defensive coordinator that is not fearing playing against this offense. And it's because of Tua. He's playing as good as you can play, and it's him and Patrick Holmes right now for MVP. Well, for me, it's Mahomes. I had to just let yeah. Stephen A. get his. For me, it's Mahomes. Of course. I'm cool with that. Chiefs kingdom. Let's ride. <laughs> um, when I think of what Tua is doing right now, and especially now that we're this deep into the NFL season, it just reminds me of my guy, Mike Jones. You know, I'm a Houston guy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the 2A1, and, you know, it just reminds me of Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. <laughs> We've been saying, and I know you haven't been as much on it. Ken has been all over it. But me, as an innocent bystander, as an objective observer um, from Chiefs Kingdom where all things are fine, the water is always calm, I've been saying, what is it that people have against Tua Tungavailoa? Why do people want him to fail? Why, when he succeeds, do people try and poke holes in every part of his game, even through the wins that he continues to pile up for the Dolphins, even before this season and yet again, Tua is doing it, but this time now at an all-time level, he finally has the full confidence of his head coach. He finally has a full complement of weapons around him, and he's done nothing but what we kind of saw him do at Alabama when he had a full complement of weapons around him and a good head coach that believed in him. Tua Tungavailoa is a legit MVP candidate, and for it to take this long for there to be buy-in at least more buy-in, it, it's kind of like, again, it's starting to feel personal. I don't get it. It is starting to feel personal, and Dan Orlovsky mentioned receipts, right? He's going to find everybody. You can go on Twitter right now and give at Finn's receipts yeah. a follow <laughs> because it's a Dolphins fan account now increasing the followers day by day. They're up to 5,000, but they post at least 20 times a day. National media syndicates just absolutely dogging Tua. <laughs> so at Finn's receipts, if you're a Dolphins fan, one of the best follows going right now. Let's talk about that MVP. So your boy Patrick Mahomes yeah. leads with plus 130 odds to win the Super Bowl. Behind him at plus well, 375. To win the MVP. I apologize. Yeah. To win the MVP. 
Behind him at plus 375, that's Jalen Hurts in the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Take a loss, I'm sure that number goes way up. Third on this list to win the most valuable player in the National Football League is Tua Tungabailoa at plus 400. Mm. Now, to a lot, that's value, and I think rightfully so. If they can get over those bills in Buffalo later on in the season, I think this guy solidifies himself as the MVP. Now, Patty has to take a loss, right? This Chiefs has to regress if he wants to move up there, but he's a legitimate contender at this point. Ken calls him the most divisive player yeah. that the NFL's seen in the past decade, and I have not disagreed with it once. No matter what he does, he takes the wrong step left, takes the wrong step right, throws a dirt ball. If he were to throw that interception that Josh Allen ended the game on against Minnesota last night, the media, social media, TV, yeah, we, everybody would have killed him. him. We, we would have cooked him. We would have said this is why he's not a great player. But guys like Josh Allen do it. These costly turnovers. Patrick Mahomes had a really, really ugly turnover yesterday, trying to do too much, yeah. right? Trying to escape the pocket and just elongate these plays, which is one of his strengths. But ends up turning the ball over. Tua doesn't do that. Yesterday, watching this game, and Dan Orlovsky hinted at it. The ball gets out so fast. The quick game that Mike McDaniel has implemented into this offense is lethal to the point where I was watching Miles Garrett as if he was playing in a Pro Bowl yesterday because yeah. of how fast Tua gets the ball out. Like, their quick game offense is so disgusting because you have to play man. But at the same time, you can't because there are too many guys to take the top off. So defenses are struggling. Miles Garrett wasn't even rushing the passer. He was out there. I bet he wanted to sit on the bench and not even go out there because he knew he did not have enough time to get to the quarterback, no matter who was blocking him, because Tua gets the ball out so fast. This team's disgusting right now. It neutralizes the pass rush. And it also, I mean, that that Dolphins offensive line still isn't right. How uh, how about it, though? (laughs) How about it? It looked all right. But they're able to run the ball effectively behind that line. Tua's able to have just enough time that he needs to get the ball out, and that offense is clicking. I, I, I... I was one of two. We have the you know the Dolphins pick we do every week, and I was on a roll. I think I had won the past two weeks in a row. Yeah, and I was one of two to pick against the Dolphins, picking the Browns, and I did it just because number one, I just figured you know they they got to lose at some point with two is starting, and I felt foolish. I felt foolish like two <laughs> drives into the game. I was like, oh, the Dolphins are about to blow the Browns out. Like, what the hell was I thinking? I tried to go too big brain there for sure. For sure. And I think you were probably feeling good after the first drive. The Browns drove right down the field, went up a quick seven love. Shout out Harrison Bryant, FAU. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And when they did score that, I do want to shout out Ken Levicka on Twitter because he was talking about embarrassing, awful. Like he was like already on that negative train. And I was a little worried too. The Dolphins defense has not been. Oh my God, it's abysmal. Yeah. It's abysmal. And that was part of my thinking was that the Browns will be able to control the clock. Sure. March it down the field. Jacoby Brissett has not been bad this year. He's not been good. But he had been adequate enough. There were games where he was connecting with Amari Cooper and and, and uh, Hunter Bri- or Hunter Bryant, and I, I don't know why I almost called him Austin Hooper. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Hunter Bryant and, and and really Nick Chubb has controlled a lot of these games for the Browns for sure throughout the year. So I just I was like, you know what? It's a random Sunday. It's a random homecoming for Jacoby Brissett, a revenge game. He was just starting games for the Dolphins last year. Why not go against the grain? Say the Browns will win. And you're right. The first drive looked good, and then no drives after that. Yeah, so I picked it 35-32, to 32, thinking that this defense was going to give up a lot more points yeah. than they did. But a lot of the times, offense is defense, especially in the NFL. Because if you're a quarterback on the opposing team and you have to jog out on the field when you know the other team hasn't punted and yeah. they're going to score, you turn into a superhero. You feel like you have to convert these third and longs, that you have to fit these balls into small windows, and that's where Jacoby Brissett found himself. Yeah. Down on the scoreboard, knowing that that high-octane offense – 
the Miami Dolphins possess are going to score every single drive. So at that point, like you start to play a little worse. You start to make these weird decisions trying mm. to play superhero ball. So a lot of the times, offense is defense. Defense has so many holes in it. We're missing a lot of guys in the secondary. This linebacking core is not at all what we anticipated it to be. Just nothing you can do to stop this Miami Dolphins train right now. You know what? And I love that point you made, the, the offense becoming defense for the Dolphins. And you know what it reminds me of? A Palm Beach County resident. That bad man who, when, <laughs> when he throws that red polo on, on a Sunday, I mean, it's not happening anytime soon, but nope. we've seen it happen time and time again. The Tiger Woods effect of being on a Sunday in the red polo hunting down. In golf, it's an individual sport. You're not technically playing against a guy. You're playing against the hole. You're playing against yourself. But there always felt like there was that effect, that aura that Tiger Woods had that would impact other golfers' games. And you're saying Tua, not Patrick Mahomes, not Josh Allen, not Justin Herbert, because those are the guys we usually hear have that effect on opposing play callers and opposing quarterbacks. You're saying now Tua and the Dolphins have that effect? I'm liking what I'm hearing. For sure. And I love the Tiger Woods effect analogy because let's just put it into perspective. Let's imagine that Tua is Tiger Woods in this hypothetical. <laughs> and Josh Allen is, per se, DJ Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, yeah. John Rahm. These guys who are at the top of the game as well. Scotty Scheffler. Like, when the Dolphins travel up to Buffalo and take on the Bills... Josh Allen is going to be the one who has the pressure on him. Two in the Dolphins already are up 1-0 in that head-to-head. Like they go into that game. And with, they have a better record, right? A way better record. Yeah. The, well, well, not half, way better. It's been, yeah. Half a game up. But they're the one going into that game when kickoff comes with confidence, playing with nothing to lose. Josh Allen, therefore, has the pressure on his shoulders. That's the Tiger Woods effect. I'm going to keep using it for this Dolphins team right now because you can't stop this offense and you can't think that you're ever going to at any point in the game where you'll find yourself down 14, 21 points. Or or you could be like the Ravens up 21 in the fourth, and then the offense just goes bananas. That This is one of the scarier units in, in all of the NFL. There's like the Cowboys pass rush. There's the Eagles defense. and the whole, Chiefs offense. The Chiefs offense. I think the Dolphins are like a top five overall unit in the NFL. No, I love that. I and, love that. Yeah, and it is, it is it's something to see. It's a spectacle. Honestly, it's one of the more fun watches – on a day-to-day, like, of course I'm watching Dolphins games because I know we're going to talk about them here on Ken Levick Alive and we're here in South Florida. Sure. But it's not like, it's not agony at all. Like, I, I love watching the Dolphins play football right now, especially because their defense allows a lot of big plays, too. It's fun stuff. <laughs> a lot of explosive plays. <laughs> Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are putting up historic numbers. They lead the league as a duo. Yeah. In just a season after where we were – flaunting Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, where we were flaunting these wide receiver tandems. Yeah, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. You know, and then fast forward to 2022, we're approaching Thanksgiving, and it's Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, not only by a small margin, but a landslide when it comes to yards, touchdowns, receptions. Like, they're just taking the league by storm. They are, man. It's been a... um it's been somewhat of a rampage, an avalanche of offense out of the Dolphins. 39 points uh, yesterday afternoon at Hard Rock Stadium over the Browns, and they get the Texans next. <laughs> at uh, Oh, yeah, that'll be in Miami as mm, well. Mm. So uh, if you think that it's stopping anytime soon, uh, just hold on to your boots. Hold on to your boots. Uh, Stone, I, I do want to give you the platform to give your sports apology to Aaron Rodgers. Um, I do want to give you your chance to – Maybe give back some flowers to him, the flowers that you've been giving him his whole career. So we'll do that when we come back here on Ken Levick Alive. Again, we're taking your sports apologies 
888-760-3776. We're taking your sports apologies here on Ken Levick Alive. But before you give your apology, maybe you want to take care of yourself. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Well, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. That's a lot of care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We're taking your sports apologies. It is a Monday of contrition here on Ken Levick Alive. For Stone Labanowitz, I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live here on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Stone, I got to be honest with you, man. I have a bad feeling about tonight. I have a, a weird feeling in my tummy. Do you? About tonight. Monday Night Football, the Eagles and the Commanders. This, it, it has all of the makings of what the hell just happened um, I don't know, man. Do you feel do you feel similarly about this? Obviously, the Eagles undefeated. Jalen Hurts, an MVP candidate, second best odds right now. That defense so stifling. The Commanders have no reason to be in this game tonight. And the Eagles, I don't know. I just I have a weird feeling. I hear you. So since 2003, double-digit favorites on Monday Night Football have gone 13, 30, and two. So as far as covering this 11-point spread. I'd be weary of that. About covering. But, yeah. Yeah. But as far as losing outright to this Washington team with Taylor Heineke at the helm, I'll have to see it to believe it. Yeah. But for your weird feeling, I don't think I share that necessarily. These Dolphins, I mean, I apologize. These Eagles right now are also one of the Mack trucks in the league. So yeah. I don't feel that same thing as you do, but I wouldn't be utterly shocked. Right, I mean, these guys are undefeated. They're bound to lose at some point. Yeah, it's a it's a divisional game. Yeah, it's a prime time game, and it's also, I mean, it's a spot we haven't seen Jalen Hurts technically in yet. I mean, I know they had the Texans Thursday night game. Um, that's a little bit different because the Texans are literally tanking. The the Commanders believe they can they can fight for a wild card spot. I mean, that NFC East race is tight. Eight and zero Eagles, seven and two Giants, <laughs> seven and two Giants. Doesn't I have to even say sound that right. Twice. That's incredible. What is this like? Two thousand and seven. Uh, the six and three Cowboys, and then the four and five Commanders. So if the Commanders win, there would be no teams with a losing record in the NFC East. Meanwhile, um, in the uh, what is that? I guess every other every other uh, comp or division is solid. They have at least one team. I guess, meanwhile, in the NFC South, there's no team with a winning record. And then you go to the AFC East, uh, there's also no team with a losing record. The, the Patriots, the New England Patriots, who I wrote off as dead like two weeks into the season, they're actually 5-4, and four, Stone. They're actually 5-4 and four in the cellar of the AFC East. And this is 
I, I won't say typical New England Patriots because they're usually at the top of the division, yeah. but it's typical for them to be around and always be a threat. Just hanging around. Just hanging around. Dangerously like, looming. You can <laughs> trust that they're going to perform when it matters most in some of these big games, but beating the teams that are on their level, that's what they struggle with. But yeah, yeah they're they're uh, when they're a dog, I would... Uh, I think they're always live. Like yeah. They're always a team that you can find some value in. They're scary, of course. Yeah, yep. Uh, I'm ready for Zappy Hour again. Uh, I'm also <laughs> ready for y'all to continue to give your sports apologies. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776 to give your sports apologies. And we got Big Homie, Big Homie here on Ken LaVica Live. First off, Big Homie, how you feeling today? And do you have a apology you want to write out to anybody in sports? I ain't got no apology for nobody. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles are eight and zero, and I'm tired of hearing this blasphemy. Y'all talking all of this and that. You got a feel. You you got a feeling. You need to go to the bathroom. Right? That's the <laughs> feeling. Um, because that's the only <laughs> thing that's gonna be upset tonight. The Philadelphia Eagles are eight and zero. Y'all want to make the NFL into the BCS? Let's not forget the Philadelphia Eagles were smoking that Vikings pack twenty four to seven earlier right. this. Mm. All right. Look. So if y'all want to tell somebody. Crown Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I got a feeling we're going to cover tonight. But, big homie, look, just on Friday, I made the prediction that the Eagles are going to run the table in the regular season and go undefeated. I'm not saying the Eagles lose it. I'm just, I have a weird feeling with these divisional games on primetime television, uh-huh. dog. Like, you don't, so you're 100% confident that the Eagles will win and not just win, but cover tonight on, on win uh, big. Win big. I'm talking about two touchdowns. Man. You know what? I like the confidence. I like the confidence. I love it. And you don't have any apologies, man. No, no, no. You're not sorry for anything right now. No apologies. Yeah, I'm sorry that you guys believed in uh, the Miami Hurricanes this year. Hey, uh, hey, hey. relax. (laughs) (laughs) Love y'all. Appreciate the call, big homie. Yeah, get them out of here, Stone. Get them out of here. The Canes, by the way, coming off a big win over Georgia Tech. Big win. Maybe some nice money at plus 100 against a sorry Georgia Tech team. Really yeah. good for the brand. Started like 13 freshmen. Ja'Kai Brown with his first collegiate start. You might owe him an apology, done. Stone. You were just you were just talking down on Ja'Kai Brown. For sure. I did not want him <laughs> at all to start this game. I would have rather anybody. A Jake Garcia. A yeah. banged up Tyler Van Dyke. But hey, he went in and got it done. The defense played really well. Cam Kitchen with three interceptions. One of them a 99-yard pick six. Come on. So any Canes fans out there is feeling pretty good about, I guess, the future of this team. Yeah, I just hope they can hold on to some of those recruits. I also hope that they can find a win between this next week against Clemson and the final week of the season against Pitt because I do not feel like hearing anything about how the Canes missed the bowl game in Mario Cristobal's debut season. That yeah. would be terrible. There's still life. There's still life. You gotta get you gotta get one of these in the bag to to kind of keep those. those is Clemson possible, Stone? Be, is it possible? This Clemson team looks like they're in the midst of figuring it out, right? Yeah. They don't know who their starting quarterback is. They're really hesitant on benching their big man DJ at yeah. the quarterback position. Ooh, young the, yeah, it's really tough to say that last time. I know time, so it I try is. to avoid it. I was I was practicing it at ACC kickoff <laughs> only for him to snub me uh-huh. on the interview. Him and Davo Sweeney. That's why I'm glad they're still figuring it out because they snubbed me on the interview at ACC kickoff in Uptown Charlotte. I'll never forget that. Yeah, and the committee is still holding with that 10 spot just because of the name, the brand, Davo, and the rest of the, the gang, that mafia that they have. But ah, is it possible? Not at all. Right, we're starting a bunch of freshmen out there. A lot of the guys who we thought were going to be impact players are on the bench now because they're soon to hit the transfer portal. Yeah. Even Jake Garcia, one of the backup quarterbacks, he's a guarantee to hit the transfer portal. This team also in the Hurricanes, as we know, is figuring it out. So, no, I don't think they have any chance against Clemson. But, Theo, the big homie came on and said he didn't have any apologies. 
Didn't want to take anything back. Any takes that he had. He's probably nervous, but I do want to do a quick Green Bay Packers one and Aaron Rodgers. Yes, yes. So we saw what happened, right? They went down 28-14 in that fourth quarter and in true over. fashion at Lambeau. And he thought it was over and he spoke about it. But post-game, the 60-second clip of him talking on Fox about what this game meant, kind of just initial reactions. Aaron Rodgers, as much as we hate on some of the outlandish things that he said, he hits every single key point here. This is him post-31-28 victory over the Cowboys. Aaron, you walked over, you pointed at the scoreboard, and you said, we won. Why? It's been a while. It's been a tough six weeks. Uh, so proud of these guys. A lot of, lot of people wrote us off, for sure. And with good merit. But there's a lot of pride still. This is starting to be Lambeau Field weather. And we knew we needed to get this game so that we didn't uh, lose the faith of the fans or the guys in the locker room. Down 14 in the fourth quarter. What was the turning point in this game for this offense? There were a lot of big plays. I'm really proud of Christian. He dropped his first two and then came back to him a bunch. I think that over-the-shoulder catch exercised a lot of demons. So really proud of him. And then crunch time, you go to your big-time players. Allen, you know, with a great catch and run for us. Jones, the offensive line. A.J. Dillon, big plays for us. Rudy Ford, two picks. This was the kind of win that we needed. Didn't look great 28-14, but... You know, and the crowd wasn't quite into it like it usually is. But hopefully we gave them something to believe in today. Listen, Theo, the Packers have to win at least five out of seven games to have a chance to make the playoffs. Mm. Just anybody who's capable, we know it's the back-to-back MVP and Aaron Rodgers. He said it earlier this week. Forget, I'm a back-to-back reigning MVP in this National Football League. Like, I'm him. I've been him. He went out and did his thing last night. They're 4-6. and I think they showed a lot of fight to beat a really good Cowboys team. Cannot believe I almost stepped off the train yeah. that I've been riding for decades. I'm only 24 years old, and ever since I was 10, 11, 12 years old, I've been rocking with the guy. Number 12, my goat, Aaron Rodgers. So I apologize, most importantly, to him and the Green Bay Packers. It, it is a well-deserved apology after they, they did it against a good and elite Cowboys defense. And the road ahead doesn't get much easier. Two really good defenses um, next up for the Packers, a Thursday night game at Lambeau against the Titans. And then they get to see big homies Eagles oh, at Lincoln Financial God. on November the 27th. That'll be Sunday night football as well. So Cannot wait for that. If, um, if Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers wins a- after beating the Cowboys, right, who are trying to edge with the, the Eagles to try and get back in the first place potentially – after beating that Cowboys defense the way he did in the comeback fashion, if he can find a way to, on Amazon Prime Video, Ooh. beat the Titans at Lambeau, again, getting cold at Lambeau, it's a different environment. At Lambeau weather. And then win on Sunday Night Football at the Eagles in Philadelphia to derail their perfect season, I think, look, I, I don't see it happening. But if those two things do happen following this comeback win over the Cowboys, man, the discourse around Aaron Rodgers is going to change swiftly. <laughs> yeah, momentum's a real thing. Yo, before we get to break, this was one of the coolest things that I had seen. So this was Anthony Davis last night after dropping 37 on Kevin Durant and the Nets in a 116-105 to 105 victory. Yeah. yeah, I did watch every single second of that game. Nice. No, I did not think they were going to win that game. Love to see it. Austin Reeves, <laughs> Russ came off the bench, played well. Ooh, Austin Reeves. We saw Lonnie Austin Walker. Austin Reeves alert. <laughs> Lonnie Chill Walker. Out. Lonnie Walker went out and dropped 24. Anthony Davis, 37, and a really big win over the Nets. But yeah. it was a quote from Anthony Davis, and he said, 
I was watching the Packers game. Oh, I knew it. Aaron Rodgers threw a slant to Alan Lazard. He ran for like 40 yards, and he started screaming, flexing, and all that. And they got me really motivated before the game, just trying to dominate, be dominant like Aaron Rodgers. That was Anthony Davis on how the real 12 inspired him. Like, I just thought it was really cool to see it all coming together. You talked about if they beat the Eagles. The momentum is right on the Packers' side, and I dare say that they won one out of their last six games. Yeah. But if they can manage to pick up some wins that they shouldn't, per se, or wouldn't be favored in those games, yeah, I think this team's scary. It'll be a mugged-up game on Thursday Night Football, especially a short week for the Packers against those Titans who just love roughing it up. They just love getting real, and I, I witnessed that when they played my Chiefs. Uh, we'll get back, take some of your uh, sports apologies as well as we'll bring in the man, Ken Lavica back to his show, who is, again, on the road to Gainesville to call that FAU game against the Gators. So get your sports apologies ready, 888-760-3776, and prepare to hear from Ken as he continues to drive the parade for Tua Tungavailoa and those Miami Dolphins. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Stone, I got to be honest with you, man. I have a bad feeling about tonight. I have a, a weird feeling in my tummy Do you? about tonight. Monday Night Football, the Eagles and the Commanders. This It, it has all of the makings of what the hell just happened um, I don't know, man. Do you feel do you feel similarly about this? Obviously, the Eagles undefeated. Jalen Hurts, an MVP candidate, second best odds right now. That defense so stifling. The Commanders have no reason to be in this game tonight. And the Eagles, I don't know. I just I have a weird feeling. I hear you. So since 2003, double-digit favorites on Monday Night Football have gone 13, 30, and two. So as far as covering this 11-point spread. I'd be weary of that. About covering. But yeah. Yeah. But as far as losing outright to this Washington team with Taylor Heineke at the helm, I'll have to see it to believe it. Yeah. But for your weird feeling, I don't think I share that necessarily. These Dolphins, I mean, I apologize. These Eagles right now are also one of the Mack trucks in the league. So yeah. I don't feel that same thing as you do, but I wouldn't be utterly shocked, right? I mean, these guys are undefeated. They're bound to lose at some point. Yeah, it's a it's a divisional game. Yeah. It's a primetime game. And it's also, I mean, it's a spot we haven't seen Jalen Hurts technically in yet. I mean, I know they had the Texans Thursday night game. Um, that's a little bit different because the Texans are literally tanking. The, the commanders believe they can, they can fight for a wild card spot. I mean, that NFC East race is tight. 8-0 Eagles, 7-2 Giants, 7-2 <laughs> Giants. Doesn't I have to say sound that right. twice. That's incredible. What is this, like 2007? Uh, the 6-3 Cowboys and then the 4-5 Commanders. So if the Commanders win, there would be no teams with a losing record in the NFC East. Meanwhile, um, in the, uh, what is that? I guess every other every other uh, comp or division is solid. They have at least one team. I guess, meanwhile, in the NFC South, there's no team with a winning record. And then you go to the AFC East, uh, there's also no team with a losing record. The, the Patriots, the New England Patriots, who I wrote off as dead like two weeks into the season, they're actually 5-4, and four, Stone. They're actually 5-4 and four in the cellar of the AFC East. And this is 
I, I won't say typical New England Patriots because they're usually at the top of the division, yeah. but it's typical for them to be around and always be a threat. Just hanging around. Just hanging around. Dangerously like, looming. You can <laughs> trust that they're going to perform when it matters most in some of these big games, but beating the teams that are on their level, that's what they struggle with. But yeah, yeah they're they're uh, when they're a dog, I would... Uh, I think they're always live. Like yeah. They're always a team that you can find some value in. They're scary, of course. Yeah, yep. Uh, I'm ready for Zappy Hour again. Uh, I'm also <laughs> ready for y'all to continue to give your sports apologies. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776 to give your sports apologies. And we got Big Homie, Big Homie here on Ken LeVica Live. First off, Big Homie, how you feeling today? And do you have a apology you want to write out to anybody in sports? I ain't got no apology for nobody. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles are eight and zero, and I'm tired of hearing this blasphemy. Y'all talking about all of this and that. You got a feel, you you got a feeling. You need to go to the bathroom. Right? That's the <laughs> feeling. Um, because that's the only thing that's gonna be upset tonight. The Philadelphia Eagles are eight and zero. Y'all want to make the NFL into the BCS? Let's not forget the Philadelphia Eagles were smoking that Vikings pack, twenty four to seven earlier right. this. Mm. All right. Look. So if y'all want to tell somebody. Crown Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I got a feeling we're going to cover tonight. But, big homie, look, just on Friday, I made the prediction that the Eagles are going to run the table in the regular season and go undefeated. I'm not saying the Eagles lose it. I'm just, I have a weird feeling with these divisional games on primetime television, uh-huh. dog. Like, you don't, so you're 100% confident that the Eagles will win and not just win, but cover tonight on, on win uh, big. Win big. I'm talking about two touchdowns. Man. You know what? I like the confidence. I like the confidence. I love it. And you don't have any apologies, man. No, no, no. You're not sorry for anything right now. No apologies. Yeah, I'm sorry that you guys believed in uh, the Miami Hurricanes this year. Hey, uh, hey, hey. relax. (laughs) (laughs) Love y'all. Appreciate the call, big homie. Yeah, get them out of here, Stone. Get them out of here. The Canes, by the way, coming off a big win over Georgia Tech. Big win. Maybe some nice money at plus 100 against a sorry Georgia Tech team. Really yeah. good for the brand. Started like 13 freshmen. Ja'Kai Brown with his first collegiate start. You might owe him an apology, done. Stone. You were just you were just talking down on Ja'Kai Brown. For sure. I did not want him <laughs> at all to start this game. I would have rather anybody. A Jake Garcia. A yeah. banged up Tyler Van Dyke. But hey, he went and got it done. The defense played really well. Cam Kitchen with three interceptions. One of them a 99-yard pick six. Come on. So any Canes fans out there is feeling pretty good about, I guess, the future of this team. Yeah, I just hope they can hold on to some of those recruits. I also hope that they can find a win between this next week against Clemson and the final week of the season against Pitt because I do not feel like hearing anything about how the Canes missed the bowl game in Mario Cristobal's debut season. That yeah. would be terrible. There's still life. There's still life. You gotta get you gotta get one of these in the bag to to kind of keep those, those. Is Clemson possible, Stone? Be, uh, is it possible? This Clemson team looks like they're in the midst of figuring it out. Right? Yeah. They don't know who their starting quarterback is. They're really hesitant on benching their big man DJ at yeah. the quarterback position. Well, young Yeah, it's really tough to say that last. I know. Time, so it I try is. to avoid it. I was I was practicing it at ACC kickoff <laughs> only for him to snub me uh-huh. on the interview. Him and Davo Sweeney. That's why I'm glad they're still figuring it out because they snubbed me on the interview at ACC kickoff in Uptown Charlotte. I'll never forget that. Yeah, and the committee is still holding with that 10 spot just because of the name, the brand, Davo, and the rest of the the gang, that mafia that they have. But ah, is it possible? Not at all. Right, we're starting a bunch of freshmen out there. A lot of the guys who we thought were going to be impact players are on the bench now because they're soon to hit the transfer portal. Yeah. Even Jake Garcia, one of the backup quarterbacks, he's a guarantee to hit the transfer portal. This team also in the Hurricanes, as we know, is figuring it out. So, no, I don't think they have any chance against Clemson. But, Theo, the big homie came on and said he didn't have any apologies. 
didn't want to take anything back. Any takes that he had, he's probably nervous. But I do want to do a quick Green Bay Packers one and Aaron Rodgers. Yes, yes. So we saw what happened, right? They went down 28-14 in that fourth quarter and in true fashion at Lambeau. And he thought it was over and he spoke about it. But post-game, the 60-second clip of him talking on Fox about what this game meant, kind of just initial reactions. Aaron Rodgers, as much as we hate on some of the outlandish things that he said, he hits every single key point here. This is him post-31-28 victory over the Cowboys. Aaron, you walked over, you pointed at the scoreboard, and you said, we won. Why? It's been a while. It's been a tough six weeks. Uh, so proud of these guys. A lot of, a lot of people wrote us off, for sure. And with good merit. But there's a lot of pride still. This is starting to be Lambeau Field weather. And we knew we needed to get this game so that we didn't uh, lose the faith of the fans or the guys in our locker room. Down 14 in the fourth quarter. What was the turning point in this game for this offense? There were a lot of big plays. I'm really proud of Christian. He dropped his first two and then came back to him a bunch. I think that over-the-shoulder catch exercised a lot of demons. So really proud of him. And then crunch time, you go to your big-time players. Allen, you know, with a great catch and run for us. Jones, the offensive line. A.J. Dillon, big plays for us. Rudy Ford, two picks. This was the kind of win that we needed. Didn't look great 28-14, but... You know, and the crowd wasn't quite into it like it usually is. But hopefully we gave them something to believe in today. Listen, Theo, the Packers had to win at least five out of seven games to have a chance to make the playoffs. Mm. Just anybody who's capable, we know it's the back-to-back MVP and Aaron Rodgers. He said it earlier this week. Forget, I'm a back-to-back reigning MVP in this National Football League. Like, I'm him. I've been him. He went out and did his thing last night. They're 4-6. and six. I think they showed a lot of fight to beat a really good Cowboys team. Cannot believe I almost stepped off the train yeah. that I've been riding for decades. I'm only 24 years old, and ever since I was 10, 11, 12 years old, I've been rocking with the guy. Number 12, my goat, Aaron Rodgers. So I apologize, most importantly, to him and the Green Bay Packers. It, it is a well-deserved apology after they, they did it against a good and elite Cowboys defense. And the road ahead doesn't get much easier. Two really good defenses um, next up for the Packers, a Thursday night game at Lambeau against the Titans. And then they get to see big homies Eagles oh, at Lincoln Financial God. on November the 27th. That'll be Sunday night football as well. So Cannot wait for that. If, um, if, Aaron, Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers wins a- after beating the Cowboys, right, who are trying to edge with the, the Eagles to try and get back in the first place potentially – after beating that Cowboys defense the way he did in the comeback fashion, if he can find a way to, on Amazon Prime Video, Ooh. beat the Titans at Lambeau, again, getting cold at Lambeau, it's a different environment. At Lambeau weather. And then went on Sunday Night Football at the Eagles in Philadelphia to derail their perfect season, I think, look, I, I don't see it happening. But if those two things do happen following this comeback win over the Cowboys, man, the discourse around Aaron Rodgers is going to change swiftly. <laughs> yeah, momentum's a real thing. Yo, before we get to break, this was one of the coolest things that I had seen. So this was Anthony Davis last night after dropping 37 on Kevin Durant and the Nets in a 116-105 to 105 victory. Yeah. yeah, I did watch every single second of that game. Nice. No, I did not think they were going to win that game. Love to see it. Austin Reeves, <laughs> Russ came off the bench, played well. Ooh, Austin Reeves. We saw Lonnie Austin Walker. Austin Reeves alert. <laughs> Lonnie Chill Walker. Out. Lonnie Walker went out and dropped 24. Anthony Davis, 37, and a really big win over the Nets. But yeah. it was a quote from Anthony Davis, and he said, 
I was watching the Packers game. Oh, I knew it. Aaron Rodgers threw a slant to Alan Lazard. He ran for like 40 yards, and he started screaming, flexing, and all that. And it got me really motivated before the game, just trying to dominate, be dominant like Aaron Rodgers. That was Anthony Davis on how the real 12 inspired him. Like, I just thought it was really cool to see it all coming together. You talked about if they beat the Eagles. The momentum is right on the Packers' side, and I dare say that they won one out of their last six games. Yeah. But if they can manage to pick up some wins that they shouldn't, per se, or wouldn't be favored in those games, yeah, I think this team's scary. It'll be a mugged-up game on Thursday Night Football, especially a short week for the Packers against those Titans who just love roughing it up. They just love getting real, and I, I witnessed that when they played my Chiefs. Uh, we'll get back, take some of your uh, sports apologies as well as we'll bring in the man, Ken Lavica back to his show, who is, again, on the road to Gainesville to call that FAU game against the Gators. So get your sports apologies ready, 888-760-3776, and prepare to hear from Ken as he continues to drive the parade for Tua Tungavailoa and those Miami Dolphins. He's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Theo Dorsey. This is Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3.